insurrection, obstruction, indictments, civilly liable for sexual abuse. The one man responsible for all that could be sitting in a prison cell on election day and still be elected commander-in-chief for these United States. That man is beholden to Putin, weakened NATO the last time around, and is currently tying himself to wealthy Saudi oil money. He enriched himself when government stated his property. He campaigned on wanting to use government to go after his political rivals and wants to expand executive power. If Donald Trump is re-elected, our nation is lost. So let's roll up our sleeves, get to work, and tell the MAGA folks no more before it's too late. It's 914-803-4131. We have a a bunch of stuff to talk about today, including one kind of kind of main topic that I want to kind of delve into. I, I didn't get to do as much research as I'd like to have done it before the show, but we're going to kind of do it together, and we're gonna we're gonna dive in on this topic together and just kind of look in and see exactly what's going on with this case because. Uh, what 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 has happened with Brittany Watts is horrific, and just another example of why government needs to stay the hell out of uh, the uterus, and why government has no reason uh, to be regulating abortion ever. Uh, I, I'm tired of seeing stories like this, especially when it happens uh, specifically to Black women, because things like this, healthcare outcomes for black women are already bad enough as it is and when we see this you're going to be even more pissed off than you probably already are so uh good showing up already uh we got bob bill jeff jackie jolie we got jeff jackie and jolie the j squad's in <clears throat> so um Everybody, good turnout. We got eight viewers and nine likes, so everyone we've overliked, but that's good. Better, better more likes than viewers and more viewers than likes. Like to see that. Aaron showed up. Welcome to the Mod Squad. Shouts out to everybody who is a Liberal Dan Radio patron. If you want to be a patron as well, you can go to patreon.com slash Liberal Dan or LiberalDan.com or patreon.liberaldan.com and both will bring you there uh, for as little as five bucks a month. You can support the show. Uh, you can also uh, support the show by one one donation at a time, I guess, by uh, buying me a cider. Go to theliberaldan.com, click the Buy Me a Cider button, or go to buymeacoffee.com slash liberaldanradio, and you can do it there. You could also just Venmo me at liberaldan, Venmo. Uh, just do friends and, friends and family because you're not buying anything from me. Um, but also the best way to do it is encourage your friends and family to subscribe, and more importantly, watch. Because we've hit the required subscriptions for becoming a YouTube partner. I, I won't be able to get ad monetization, but I do need views. 
I do need hours watched. And look, for those of y'all who've done it, who've done what I've asked and and like went to sleep watching a video or something, watching a long video, y'all have done great. Y'all have done a really good job. We went from last week down um, like 330 to yesterday I was down like 201 hours in a week. We've caught up. So like if you look at it, like you have 365 days. So as you gain a day's worth of views, you lose a day's worth of views. So as you're gain as so so in order so if you lose a day's worth of views and gain a day's worth of views, you're gonna you're gonna eventually you you have to do even better that next day to, to make up for the lost views. So if we're catching up that quickly, I have good faith that we're gonna do it. All I gotta do is so I've learned I've. I think I might have covered this on last show, but I'll talk about it again. I might bring it up again later in the show as well. Um, if you watch a playlist, only the first video in the playlist counts. So basically just go find a long video, like three, four hours. Hopefully you're on Wi-Fi or whatever. Um, put it on some electronic device. You could put it in the other room if you want. Put it on some electronic device. Um, don't put it on mute. That's the only thing. It can't be on mute, but you can put it on low volume. Just don't put it on mute and you can just let it run and then that'll count as four hours three hours or four hours i have plenty of three plus hours worth of content out there that you could find and if you let that go and you do that every night we'll get that viewers we'll get that hours watched up to the required three thousand and then people can become members and then people can become uh, can give super chats and all that fun stuff and we'll 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 start We'll start the next segment of, of, of the uh, next stage of growing Liberal Day and Radio, which would be double streaming to Twitch. And I'd love to be able to get monetized here so that I can justify doing it at whatever it is you need to do, potentially paying for whatever it needs, I need to pay for to start dual streaming to Twitch and start building the Twitch audience as well. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff, Jackie, and Jolie, Dan making my gutter mind act up. I mean, what else is new, right? Um, so, anyway. Um, let's see. What are we going to talk about first? I don't know if I brought this up last week or not, but I want to bring it up again just in case I forgot. It was about the uh, the funeral or, or the, 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 the uh, about uh, Mrs. Carter. Um, and how I was, I had this thought in the middle of the funeral because you had both president Biden and vice president Harris at the same location at the same time. And you have the two of them at the same location at the same time. And further, first of all, I could only imagine how much, see how many of people in that room were secret service. I mean, you had Jimmy Carter there, you had, the, you had the Bidens were there, you had Michelle Obama there, you had Melania there, you had the Clintons there, like, you had, how, how many Secret Service agents were in that room? Like, was, was everybody else in attendance besides, like, Terry McAuliffe and maybe one or two other people that I noticed and people on the stage? Is everybody else Secret Service? Like, there must have been a ton of Secret Service agents there, A. But B, the terrifying thought that entered my head was that if something were to happen in this building and it were to blow up or something, like 
knock on wood, thank God it did it. Thank goodness it did it, whatever. But you would then have President Johnson from Louisiana. Like, that's a freaking dangerous thing. Like, they probably the most risky thing that President Biden and Vice President Harris did was to put themselves in the same room at the same time with Speaker of the House Johnson waiting in the wings. Like, that's scary. That is absolutely freaking scary, if you think about it. And I was like, they better, like, as soon as they leave that building, I want to see Joe Biden. I don't even want to see. I don't even know where they're going. I want to see. But I want to know that Joe Biden is going off this way and that Vice President Harris is going off this way and that they're going in separate directions so that there's no chance that anybody who's up to any shenanigans could cause any shenanigans. Right. So I was sitting there like, thank goodness nothing bad happened because if you if that would have happened, we would have gotten a fast forward to Gilead moment, I think, because, ooh, he's just, ooh. I mean, one would think that it would be great for Louisiana to, to have a speaker of the house, to have them, the, 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 the majority party, you know, party leader be from Louisiana as well. And no, no, not for me. I don't like that at all. It's terrible. Um, Jeff Curry, I thought it was pretty cool of her secret surgeon in it's along, alongside of hers. I mean, that was that was nice, and that had a very a lot of good, nice, touching moments that went along with that. I was when I first heard that she died, I was like, wait, she died first? Like, I was fully expecting her to outlive Jimmy. Like President Carter was, I thought he was going to be the first to go, and he is one stubborn, stubborn former president, that's for certain. But, um. But, I mean, normally what would happen is that – what's up, Alton? Welcome to the, welcome to the chat. Um, normally, a lot of times what happens, especially with, like, older couples, is when one person passes away, like, the other person will pass away pretty quickly or whatever. Um, but I don't even know how much President Carter understands at this point. Like, I don't know. So, but – Anyway, it was, it was, it was, again, it was a very touching thing. We talked about it a little bit last week, but I didn't remember if I had discussed that concern that I had last week. I don't know if it slips my mind, but it's just one thing I wanted to bring back up. Um, I was also relatively surprised uh, that there was enough Republicans in Congress who were willing to to vote to expel George Santos. And I wasn't necessarily surprised that the party leadership voted to back them because they, I guess they had their job to do, which is to keep the party together and try and keep their leadership together. But um, the Speaker of the House was like, you have to vote. You, you can vote your conscience on this one. Well, why, why shouldn't you be able to vote your conscience on everything? I mean, shouldn't that be, shouldn't that be what you do all the time? Like, shouldn't you be able to go ahead and vote how you want to vote and do what your electors, your your voters wanted you to, how you wanted, how they wanted you to vote anyway? Like, like, that's part of the problem with modern politics or maybe politics altogether is that people don't go up there and vote their conscience. People don't go up there and vote 
in represent to represent the people, they're voting in support of their party first or even a politician first. So when you go up there and you know, have people who are more more willing to back the party over the people they're representing, then you you no longer have representative democracy, which is, is terrible. But and and uh, the Republicans who voted for George Santos to be expelled were going to be this week's hypocrites of the week. Why? Why are they hypocrites? Well, because they're willing to hold somebody accountable. Like there was somebody who had made an impassioned plea on the House floor that George Santos is clearly a criminal. He's clearly done wrong and he has to be held accountable for the crimes that he's committed. And he has no business serving in government uh, after he's clearly done all these bad things. And it is their job, it's their responsibility, it's their duty to stand up and make sure that he doesn't serve in government. Yet, they're backing Trump, who's been charged with more crimes than Santos was, who's probably been done more serious crimes than Santos has ever done, who's a much bigger threat to this nation than George Santos, the clown, ever had and ever will be. But they're not going to stand up and do what is right and do what is necessary to stand up to the threat that is Donald J. Trump because they're hypocrites, as the host of the most with the smooth sounds of the Percy podcast would say, hypocrisy is a conservative prerequisite. And as such, they are going to be hypocrites. Alas, they are not this week's hypocrites of the week. Who is this week's Hypocrite of the Week, you ask? Well, this week's Hypocrite of the Week is Republican James Comer, who cried about how much he wanted to see Hunter Biden come to a public committee hearing to testify. Biden agreed to sit down in front of the committee and the world and answer all of their questions. Now Comer doesn't want a committee hearing, which tells us all we need to know about the legitimacy of their claims about Hunter Biden. To see who next week's Hypocrite of the Week will be, tune in Liberal Dan Radio, talk from the left, that's right, Mondays and Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Central on Liberal Dan Radio on YouTube and blogtalkradio.com slash liberaldan. So there you go. Um, but one thing about George Santos, though, and, and amusing about him being yeeted, is I'm going to be sitting there with some popcorn as he brings the tea, because, I mean, George Santos is the epitome of a diva. And he is going to be bringing the tea, and I'm going to be enjoying the popcorn with said tea, because he's now going to be bringing ethics complaints against his former former colleagues. He is going to, I'm sure he is going to be uh, spilling all the beans about everybody, um, every about everybody who wronged him i mean he did say initially that he wasn't gonna be, be you know drama or petty or whatever but oh he gonna be petty child he gonna be petty af <clears throat> lord he gonna be like don't mess with me girl he is going to be petty he is going to spill all that tea and i'm gonna be like i'm gonna sit here like drinking and taking big old sips of that tea because ooh, child mm. I can't wait. I can't wait for that tea to be spilt. 
because holy crap, it's going to be good. Probably going to be much better than anything that uh, Madison Cawthorn brought because I don't think he named names. I don't think, I don't think, I think Madison Cawthorn just talked about the, the, the orgies or whatever that took place or, or what have you. I don't think he, uh, I don't think he talked about who did it or what. I think Santos is going to come out and be like, I'm naming names. I'm dropping, I'm dropping. Or maybe he's just bluffing. Maybe he's just going to say, I'm going to name names in the hopes that people are going to be like, all right, shut up and I'll give you money because you know, he needs money Um, because now he doesn't have the federal paycheck coming in and he has the lawsuits to deal with. So (laughs) often hell hath no fury, like a Santos going child. Mm -hmm. You know it. (laughs) Jeff say what you want, but Santos will look absolutely fabulous in an orange. He will have that shit be dazzled by the end of the week. No, they won't even know where the bedazzler came from, but that shit will be bedazzled. It will be Fabulous. Anyway, um, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I, I think was at the beginning he wasn't very out, and, and am, I, am I wrong about that? Was he not out? But then once he was outed, he was out, out. Um, that's one of the things. Like, that's probably maybe one of the reasons why a lot of the Republicans like either had no problems going after him or. One of the reasons that maybe the leadership, even though they voted to keep him, didn't care about them voting their their, uh, conscience because they were like, well, I mean, he's not really one of us because he's a gay guy. And as such, we're not going to, we don't feel necessarily that beholden to him because, you know, the Republican Party is not a great party for people who are gay. So they probably were like, no big loss on our end. We probably weren't going to keep the seat anyway, so might as well not make a big stink of it, because I'm, I doubt they were keeping the seat next season. Next next season anyway. Uh, Aaron, you need money. LOL. I mean, we all need money, um, but you know, Santos Santos has some lawsuits coming at him, and and now he broke. He doesn't have campaign funds to be able to uh, to skim off of to go buy OnlyFans and Botox. Allegedly, uh, <clears throat> Bill P. By spring, Dems will control the House. Resignations will doom the House Republicans. But see, that's the thing. Santos didn't resign, so are they going to resign? To res- a Republican resigning would would mean that a Republican would have to admit that they did wrong. I don't know when the last Republican that resigned from Congress was. Tomorrow, James Carville is going to expose Mike Covenant Eyes Johnson. Is he now? Um, uh, James Carville, man of a second truth. Do, 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 do. Did you say he's going to see, or did he say he's going to ex- expose Mike Johnson tomorrow, or did you, did he just say see you next Tuesday, and call him that a word? So, so you think Jack Smith will force, force resignations, i.e., resign, or we're going to bring the lawsuit? See, I don't necessarily like that. I don't necessarily like resign and we won't charge you. I think 
maybe resign and take a plea deal. But if if the whole resign and we won't charge you, I think forces people to um, not take responsibility for their own actions. So, I mean, let's see. James Carville explains everything about Mike Johnson. I hope this doesn't start playing. Uh, This is just a a Reddit link to our video on Reddit. Uh, I don't know. Anywho. Maybe we'll play that later. (coughs) Said he is going to expose Johnson tomorrow on his own. Well, (laughs) At least he says he's going to expose Johnson tomorrow and not he's going to expose his Johnson tomorrow because that can't be done on YouTube. That has to be done on like OnlyFans or something. And then George Santos will subscribe to it with uh, some other congressman's contributions because apparently he charged one of the congressperson's credit cards again without consent or whatever because, of course, George Santos did that allegedly. Um, Not that I don't believe that he did it, but I'll say allegedly because, you know, it hasn't been proven in a court of law, and I don't want George Santos coming after me. So, allegedly. So, anywho. Now, one of the things I like to talk about on the podcast is just a kind of a, a regular reminder about the uh, grifter that is uh, Chank Yonder and how the he's not uh, eligible to be president, despite the fact that he insists that he is eligible to be president. Now, one of the things that he keeps harping on is the idea that how, you know, unpopular it is and how Biden's done nothing. So in one of the done nothing posts, I was like, well, no, he's done lots of things. And here's my video about how awesome he's been on student loans, for example. And of course, here I gave the link to my student loan video where, you know, talk about how awesome the uh, save plan has been for me and my family. But, you know, he starts talking about the polling data. And I'm like, look, let's just say, for example, that for some reason, the Supreme Court, this conservative activist Supreme Court, sides with you and sides with your legal argument that says that the 14th Amendment magically amended the natural born citizen clause of the requirements to be president, which it didn't. But let's just say the Supreme Court made up of six conservatives, three named by Trump, uh, says that this is this is something that is a truthful statement made by you and you, your legal theory is magically correct, which is not. But let's just say that it is for a second, for, for argument's sake. Where is your polling data, Chenk? that shows that you would do any better than Biden. Because you could talk till you're blue in the face about how currently the current snapshot of the election says that Biden is doing this well or this poorly. But there was a point in the 2012 election where Obama was down to Romney by five points and Obama beat Romney. So where Biden is now is not relevant to where Biden will be at the end of the day. I'm sure Biden, nobody was expecting Biden to get 81 million votes. And there, I mean, there are still people who question whether or not Biden got 81 million votes. Of course, those people are crazy conspiracy theorists, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, 
But unless you can show me data shows that you would do a better job polling-wise than Joe Biden, then shut up. And look, you may very well be able to show a nationwide poll that shows that leftists might like you more, but that doesn't mean you're going to win the Electoral College better than Biden. And that's the other thing to consider is that national polls mean bupkits. Because if you win a national poll, it doesn't mean you're going to win enough states to win the Electoral College. But there's something else that Mr. Younger doesn't quite get. And about his whole legal theory that he is somehow eligible to be president because of the 14th Amendment. One would think that if this was a true statement, that if, that if the 14th Amendment really did amend the requirements to be president, that some other person before now, between the passage of the 14th Amendment and today, would have tested that theory in court. Maybe somebody who is a, uh, a very well-known person, a celebrity slash governor, somebody who might have had higher political ambitions if only it were possible. You know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. He might have wanted to be more than the governor. He might have wanted to be president. Yeah. Get to the Oval Office. I'm sure he had plenty of money to be able to hire enough uh, legal staff, enough, enough attorneys to be able to look into the constitutional question as to whether or not that legal theory would hold water. And I'm sure many legal experts would have told him that no, that legal theory does not hold water. Because I guarantee you, if that legal theory held water, if it, if, it, if it even had a chance of passing any sort of muster in any sort of legal challenge, it would have already been tried by the governator. Yeah. He would have tried it, and we would have known, yay or nay. But he didn't try it. Because why? Because it's a stupid legal argument. It's not going to work. You're going to fail. And you're just going to embarrass yourself. Well, in, ra- in reality, you know you're going to fail. I think he knows he's going to fail because, in my opinion, this isn't about, you know, him actually wanting to be president. It's about him wanting to raise money in a campaign so that he could spend that money on the Young Turks to raise more money for his show, for his network, for his channel, my opinion. Um and or continue to use another platform to bitch and moan and whine about Biden and the Biden administration because that's what the Young Turks do, or the Young Turks. That's what the Young Turks do. <clears throat> They'll sit here till October of 2024, and they'll moan and bitch and complain and whine about how horrible the Biden administration is. And then at the 11th hour, they'll be like, well, I guess you should go vote for Biden. And then if Biden loses, they'll be like, look at how horrible the Democratic Party is. Why are they so terrible? Like the Hannibal Buress meme, when you know, Hannibal Buress gets shot, and they're like, why would Hannibal do this? 
that's what the Young Turks is all about. They're, they're going to whine and complain and bitch and moan about how terrible Biden is instead of actually being honest and truthful about all of the good stuff that Biden has done, like the student loan thing. And they're going to not look at the big picture and see how, you know, what is at risk if Trump is allowed to win. And they're going to put all that at risk and instead going to keep doubling down on 12. Until, and they're going to keep putting the country at risk for their own egos. It's ridiculous and it needs to stop. He needs to get his head out of his own butt, realize that what he's doing is just to feed his own ego and just to feed his own pockets. And the people need to realize that this is all they're about right now. They're, they're willing to say or do anything to make a buck. Because that's the difference between the young Terps and myself, is that I'm not willing to say or do anything to make a buck. I have principles and integrity. I'm not willing to do anything to make a dollar. I'll draw a line. They're not willing to draw a line. They'll, they'll side with the Turks. They'll side with the people who wanted to get rid of affirmative action. Oh, maybe it makes sense just because they want to get new listeners, new people watching their channel. It's gross. That's why I consistently say we need new progressive media. Me, Yosh, Knox, lots of other people that are out there need new progressive media. That's why we need to elevate shows like mine, shows like Yosh's whenever he comes back, shows like Demonox's, and many other shows out there that need to be elevated and need to take over for the young Terps. Anyway, what are your thoughts? Leave your comments below, like and subscribe. Have a good day. I recorded that just for anybody new watching um, I recorded that so I can post it later. Anyway, uh, yes, Gibson Media, you can call on. If you can call in if you want for a second. I, I'm I'm done with that topic. I'm I'm about ready to roll into my next topic. But if you want, you can call for a few minutes before we roll into the next topic. If you if you haven't started your own show yet, um. I said data purposely. <laughs> I almost said data, but I said data just to just to just to say it that way. <clears throat> I love the things like it's pronounced when you say it's, it's pronounced data, not data, or it's pronounced data, not data, and you read it in a different way. Leanna, I haven't watched real the Young Turks in a real long time. I mean, <clears throat> the only time I watch them now is to is to is to watch what what they've done stupid now because that's pretty much what they're doing now is, is, is to watch what they've done so I can react. When I see them doing something stupid, like, you know, doubling down on their anti, on, on their turf rhetoric, on their anti-trans rhetoric, or doubling down on their anti-affirmative action thing, which just blew my mind. Like, what? Like, are you siding with like Justice Roberts now? Way to go, progressives. Jeff, I still watch TYT, so I'm small chat, small chat room, been on for a long time. We talk football mostly. I...
what did Cheng and uh, MTG have in common? Their books ain't selling. <laughs> well, if you listen to, uh, I'll get to you in a second, Gibson. If you listen to um, Tara Dublin, she's explained what happens. It's, it's, the only reason Marjorie Taylor Greene wrote a book is so that, you know, the Republican Party can just buy up some copies and just pay her directly. And then that's, that's all it's there for. It's to, it's, they'll buy a, a, a bunch of copies just to get her paid. And it's, it's just a way to funnel money to a candidate or like, so that the, like the campaign, so you can, you, you take campaign money that can't be spent on a, on a candidate. It can't be paid directly to a candidate. And then like the Republican party will like, Oh, well, we're going to buy a bunch of books and like, you know, give it out to people and oh well, it's bought from Marjorie Taylor Greene, so now Marjorie Taylor Greene gets paid for the book. So it, it's it's another way to grift. Anyway, Marjorie Taylor Greene, my uh, apparently uh, the the favorite uh, liberal. My my show is Marjorie Taylor Greene's favorite uh, favorite liberal show, supposedly. <laughs> she listened at least once, according well, to Gibson. she did send me a message. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, she did send me a message one time that said she did tune in. She did send me a message one time that said she did listen to you. So well, that you was go. one time. I don't know if she's one time. Uh, <laughs> so. Well, I, I, I have I have okay, evidence of, of of her watching listening to my podcast once, and then everyone else listening, any other Republican in Congress listening, none. So she gets she gets first place. <laughs> Anyway, I, yeah. so what's up? Before, so anyway, what's the liberal show? rant? What's the liberal rant here? Yeah, what's the, what's your liberal rant here that I can pick apart here tonight, or that we might agree upon? But I I don't know. I'm I just put my name on the ballot here today in North Carolina, so for a Republican candidate in North Carolina House District 65. So my name's on the ballot officially for the 2024 election. So I'm uh, going all the, all the way here for from, the, with my conservative state values. legislature or state legislature or federal. Yes. State? No, state. State legislature. Okay. All right. Yes, sir. Um, well, I mean, I had several rants today. I mean, I was I was talking about how um, I talked about Santos for a bit. I talked about how there was a it was dangerous at the at the funeral because you know you had Biden and Harris at the same place, and if something would have happened at the at the funeral of uh, of Mrs. Carter, then you would have had uh, President uh, Johnson. Um, I was I was ranting about uh, Tank Younger and how he's not eligible. <laughs> I was I was ranting a bit so about. Liberal, um, let me tell you, I gotta hand it. I gotta hand it to you, Dan. I gotta hand it to you, Dan. You, you liberals always think about that. Now, there, no conservative would ever think about that. Something like that. Something horrible about that. If something would happen if Pence and Trump were at the same spot, uh, Pelosi would have been president. They never brought something up like that. Come on. Oh, I've heard it. I've heard it on. I've heard it on some talk shows before. <laughs> <clears throat> I mean. I'm actually surprised. Like I've, one of the things that one of the things that I'm surprised, and maybe it's maybe maybe it happens and people just don't talk about it. Maybe it doesn't make the news. I'm actually surprised that there haven't been more, uh, especially recently, more attempts on the lives of Supreme Court members, especially with how politicized the Supreme Court's become. Because I mean, if if, yeah. if you have somebody who is who is that, um. You are now in the host queue. Wait. Was that, oh, was that, are you, what was that? That's not me. That's That's not not me. me I don't, oh, that's that's weird. Blog Talk Radio being weird. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it is. 
I have I got two issues though, real quick to bring up for you. Number one, sure, is go you, ahead. Have, bring up the you issues, have mobs man. of Chinese men. Okay, you have mobs of Chinese men invading the California, you know, coming through across the California border. When is this border going to get secured by you Democrats, or do we have to wait until we get Trump in there? For number one, and number two, you have two male trans bikers. They take home gold and silver medals in Illinois cycling uh, championship. This is obviously one of the main problems in our society today. Uh, you know, this why this is highlighted in the media, number one. And number two, they, they promote this type of behavior like it should be accepted and it should be promoted and honored. Look, if it happened, great, but why promote it in the media? Those are my two issues right there. I'll throw that table at you. All right. So, I mean, let's see. I'm seeing this one article. Young Chinese men look lost and exhausted. Border Patrol agents uh, left them at the transit station. They spent the last two months traveling to San Diego from the southern Chinese province of Guangdong through seven countries on a plane, bus, and foot. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Thing as part of a major influx of Chinese migration to the United States. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Now, so, so you would say that, that, um, that, that China is, is – you don't like, you don't like the, the leadership of China, right? Leadership of China is bad? Yeah, well, it's communist, yeah. Right. So, so yes, bad. Yes, very bad. So and and like the leadership of of Cuba is bad, right? Because they're communists as well. Right. Com, com, yes. Yes. All unstable. Right. Yes, right. Very unstable. Yes. Okay. So then, if and so, a lot of times, I don't know how you feel about this. But a lot of times, conservatives will will seem to not have a problem with like Cuban refugees who get and land a foot on Florida soil. You know, because a lot of times they tend up to be more conservative. You know what I mean? But well, like, yeah, yeah, and they become productive members of society too. You know, okay. uh, you know where you know with, with China, with China, we have a very we have look whether it's conspiracy theory or not. You know, we have China buying up large portions of farmland across this country, and now okay, we've got the, lots the, of male Chinese, Chinese people you know? that are buying up. Well, hold on, the people that are. I mean, I don't know what, what portions. I, I hear that a lot. Maybe it's true. But the people who are buying up large swaths of farmland, who would be buying up large swaths of farmland, are not the people who are coming to seek asylum in our country. It's probably the people who are being harmed by the corrupt nature of the Chinese government who would be leaving China and trying to seek asylum. You know what I mean? Like, the Chinese government probably yeah. keeps a lot of people down and impoverished and not you know not very happy i mean you have the uyghurs who are who are being you know oppressed you have very you have the uh, the people who you know they want to take over taiwan you know you have lots of other people who i'm sure are not very happy living underneath the chinese current leadership so if, if you lived there and you had the okay. opportunity to, to flee China and, and, and come to the United States, you'd probably want to come here too, right? And, you'd probably, and you would probably want to seek asylum for living under a, a horrible regime, right? Put, putting it that way, yes. But to be honest with you, I would, as an American and as the roots of our country, if our country was, was uh, being overrun by the time, well, it is actually right now, uh, by a corrupt government, we were, I would say, stay and fight for my republic and, and try to do what I can to try to change it. 
You know, if it was if the cases got really, 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 really strained here, where they declared martial law and the people, uh, all their liberties were uh, uh, stripped away, then of course I would, you know, do what I can with the people that believed in the Constitution to to, to fight for what's right, our God-given rights, you know, and the Constitution. Right, but, but I mean, you at least you see why with. that somebody somebody might want to come see because, like, I mean, like I don't know, like. You know, ideologically speaking, you know, everyone, it's nice, nice to say, yeah, I would fight for my, I would fight for my country. But like, if, if, if the country becomes so horrible and so tyrannical that you don't feel like you have a choice but to leave and run, then I, I could see why somebody would, especially if they had a family, I would see why they might want to leave and run. Or if they, if they have no hope or have no choice, I would see why they might want to okay. leave okay. and leave and run. So there's that with, with, with the trans biker thing or whatever or bicyclists thing i I mean like i i think that too too much is made too much of a stink is made over trans athletes i believe um i don't think that like i i think i think it's i think it's wielded by the right to make to make it a more of, of a bigger impact on everybody's lives than it really is. Like I, the argument I usually make is, is this is let's, let me, let me scroll down here. Cause I basically have a pre like there, there's really no evidence that like, like, for like in like high school, which is usually what the argument falls down to like, like that the trans athletes would have any real big advantage, but there's a, uh, um, if a young trans woman who is an athlete, no they would have any advantage competing a competitive ad- advantage at high school against cis athletes. The odds that that someone's cisgender daughter is going to miss out on some scholarship is slim to none. Uh, basically, against a trans person, people say, well, a boy is, might fake being a trans woman um, in order to get a scholarship like, you know, like the like Joanna Man movie or whatever. Uh, young boys are not going to pretend to be a woman just to get ahead. Toxic masculinity and transphobia makes it hard enough for trans women to come out. I don't think that any young yeah, your fifteen-year-old cis- daughter, your fifteen-year-old daughter is on the swim team at her high school, and a trans and a, a a man is uh, dressing with her in the locker room. That's okay. If if my if my fifteen-year-old daughter is, I mean, I, I'm going to refer to a trans young trans woman as a young trans woman. Um, and I'm going to, we're, we're, we're going, I'm going, I'm going to trust that the, that the is school is going, what? well, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to consider a, a young trans woman to be a young trans woman. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to expect them to be the same. And we're going to have conversations about whether or not the person feels comfortable or not about it. But, you know, we, we can have conversations about that happens, but it's, It's the argument that is, it, it is much more dangerous. It is much more dangerous for that young trans woman to be stuck in the locker room with the a bunch of cis guys. Like they don't want to. Be, they, the young trans people are aren't, aren't wanting to make make themselves like, hey, look at me. I'm you know I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a, I'm a young trans girl. Look at me. Ha, ha. They, they usually want to just hide in the corner and and don't want to be bothered because they don't want to be bullied. 
I think when he pulls so, his pants off, I don't think he, and it's hanging there. I think that he's just not going to have to put, make any, uh, hey, look at me. I think it's there. And, you know, your daughter being subjected to that, whether or not she's comfortable with it or not, I think would be uh, horrific, horrific. I mean, it would make a, a young female feel uncomfortable. I mean, I would imagine. I mean, uh, you know, I, I just, just, I mean, I don't know. Common sense would say that's wrong, and it's not How right. When, and, I, when I was in high school, that, I, had well, hard, I had a hard enough time in high school wanting, you know, to, you know, getting dressed in the locker room around, you know, all the other fellow guys. Just and I was a guy, like again, because, <laughs> like, because you know, I was. I've always been a big guy. I wasn't as big as I am now, but I've always been a bigger guy. And like, I'm just like, I don't want other people seeing me naked. You know, I don't want that. Like, I always. Like I was on the swim team and I waited till I got home to take a shower. Like, like I just dried off and went home and showered later. Like I didn't want to shower around other guys. Okay, now imagine, well, imagine if there, well, me, if there was women in there, I wouldn't mind, but I'm just saying, but, but imagine if there were women in there, would it make you feel uncomfortable? I mean, I don't, I don't know from a guy's perspective, they look at it differently, but for a woman to have men in there or a man in there, it would be very highly uncomfortable and it would be perverted wrong. And, 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 and for starters, I don't see how any school would allow such a thing or, or a society would allow it. They would, it has to be frowned upon. Well, we can't have, what, what next? We're going to have children using the same bathroom as, as, as uh, we have young girls using the same bathroom as, uh, as men. I mean, they, they tried doing that here in North Carolina, shot it right down right away. I mean, uh, that bathroom ordeal. I'm sure you, you brought it up a few times, actually. I think on your uh, your channel. There are girls in the bathroom as, as men all the time in Disney World. It's just when you know, girls because fathers have to bring their girls into the bathroom and change. So that's different. That's not that's, that's different. A, a that's different bringing because, his daughter or something. Well, it's different because you want it to be different. So. I don't know. I can understand. I can understand that maybe like you have a conversation with, with the person and, and I don't, I don't know what, the, what the rules and the, and would be like, maybe you have like, I, I don't know if there would be a, a separate but equal violation of the idea of, of, of allowing people to have like their own separate changing areas or whatever, or maybe just when you, when it's time to go change, everybody gets their own like locked changing area that they can go into Cool, fine. Maybe we should implement that for everybody, so everybody can feel comfortable changing around people. Because you, you know, what happens if you know you don't know who's attracted to who or whom? You know what I mean. Your your, your daughter could be could be there. You like you know, and there could your daughter might not be interested in women. There could be women around your daughter that might be attracted to your daughter or not. Young women, you know, you never know. Anyway, what okay, I'm what I'm yeah. saying. Right. My, I, I my have, ultimate have, point have, with the trans thing a, is is that. We cherry pick fairness. A lot of times it comes down to the fairness of like, you know, competition, but like, you know, people complain, oh, this person has an advantage over, over, over my daughter or whatever, because now this person might be able to be faster than my daughter. But we don't, we don't take that into consideration. Like, you know, if the parents are rich and the parents can afford a better trainer than the other people or can afford training for their kids or can afford, uh, or, or if there's another versus parents who can't afford a trainer for their kids, or maybe what about kids who have, you know, a health issue that might predispose them to being overweight, like a thyroid issue, and they can't compete because they, they, they can't, they're not as athletic as the other people. Like those people are like not able to get like scholarships or whatever, or they might not be inclined to get, be able to get those sports-based scholarships that these same people are complaining about not being able to get because one trans athlete, you know, 
in the state of Louisiana, they made a whole huge deal about whether or not trans athletes should be able to compete. And there's like, there's no evidence that any trans athlete has tried to compete. So anyway, I've got, um, I've got, a, I've got a, a, a U.S. Uh, I've got a, a former uh, Illinois State Trooper on the line. He's a conservative. He wants to jump in on a conversation. I'm going to bring him on, okay? Uh, he's also a retired uh, U.S. Army uh, Vietnam veteran. Uh, I'm going to bring him on, okay? If you don't, if you don't mind, is that okay? A few minutes, and then I'm going to go on to my next topic. But yeah, go bring him right. on real quick. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Sarge, is that you? No, this is Joe. But I was a non oh, okay, <laughs> okay, well, I'm sure why not. What the heck? I was looking for Sarge, but go ahead, Joe. Do you want to take a crack at this real quick? Well, um, I want to know what the real issue is um, behind this transgenderism. Are we talking about bathroom privileges or are we talking about competition between trans versus Both. biological? Both. 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 Okay. So for um, any trans female, anybody who was a boy who now says that they're a female, competing against biological females, um, even if they were second rate as a male on track or in hockey or anything like that, they now have uh, uh, come to dominate the field when they've competed against women. It's obvious because of the biology. Anybody who says differently is a moron. The person's okay. muscle to uh, fat ratio is still the same. They still have testosterone. They still retain their height. They have advantages which have been shown conclusively, okay, without needing millions of dollars of research behind it to show that it's because of the biology of the female who has now, who was a male, who is still a male, competing against biological females. Anybody who says differently, like I said, is because they're stupid. The evidence okay. is clear. Anything else? Okay. All right, uh, Dan. Well, I mean, does that? What's what's the what's the woman's what's the young woman's name from Maryland? Um, that, that like owns the 1600, let's see, woman, 1600, um, swimming, Baltimore. I don't have the name off the top of my head. I'm, hey, I'm just going to you, hey, Joe, you said, you said Dan, is this liberal, is this the guy from the liberal Dan show? This is liberal Dan. Yeah, yeah. this is the gentleman I've brought up several times. Yeah, I've spoken about on my show. See that, Dan, I've talked about you several times on my show. My listeners I know about you. I appreciate it. See that? <laughs> Yeah, so, I've called so, your show. You don't pick up. Learn to pick up the phone. Well, if, if, <laughs> a lot of times when, when you call, I, I do a little bit of screening in the uh, in the um, what you call it in the uh, in the YouTube chat. So just 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 go into the YouTube chat and just say where who you are and where you're from, and then I'll know. So um, liberaldanradio.com. I'm not going oh, to go. I'm not going to go to YouTube to go on a BTR show. If you got a BTR <laughs> show and people are calling into a BTR show. Then pick up the BTR line. BTR is my tool. Travel to where you are. BTR is BTR is the tool that I use to, to, to as as to get calls. But I but I but I like the podcast. I'm, I'm focusing on the YouTube growth. So, but BTR is the tool that I'm yeah, using to that, be able to accept calls yeah. on my YouTube channel. That's what I'm focusing on. So, but I also oh, also okay. I also so you don't get, accept calls from BTR. All right. I, I do I do take calls from BTR, but I just want to make sure that you know people are 
not being, you know, trolls because I found that the more yeah, often I like, wonderful. The more, the more often I actually scream the calls, the, 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 the less likely I am to get, like, you know, you the horrible people. Call. You know why? Because mm. you can screen them all you want, but if a troll is determined to be a troll, he's mm. going to act like he's a rational person during the screen, right? Then when he gets on the air, he's going to act like a troll. So the screening doesn't even work. Anyway, my point is well, back to the thing. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> back to the thing. The the person who is the uh, young trans woman uh, swimmer um, can't beat Kate Ledecky, who is a, who is a cis woman, and she dominates the field regardless of the fact that there is a trans trans woman still you know swimming against her. So Kate Ledecky is is an outstanding swimmer who is able to dominate, you know, anybody who's in the field against her trans woman or cis woman. So um, I'm not exactly sure that the argument is there, but again, there's my point is that we, we, we see, we seem to cherry pick fairness, especially when it comes to high school sports, there are requirements in like the NCAA uh, and in Olympic swimming that if you're going to compete, you have to have gone through like, uh, at least a year of hormone therapy. You have to have gone through various other things. You have to test to make sure that your hormone and, levels yeah, are at a certain, are at a certain been, level. So you can't just say, I'm right. a woman. And, and then who have, and there have been athletes who have been kicked off because of the testosterone levels been too high. Right. And, and there's actually, there are cis women, taken, there are, there are yeah. cis women, i.e. people who have been born labeled women whose testosterone are too high. So, so they do test for those things. And so, and so, so if, if you are a if you're a um, woman with high I don't testosterone think levels, were born with that. They probably no. took um, the blood. Um, what do they call that? It's the um, no. I mean, there are people uh, who have juiced. There are people who have juiced up the testosterone who who have taken the testosterone illegally to 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 against violate against the rules. But there are also people. There are also women who have naturally high levels of of one or low levels of the other who. Who end up become be looking more mon- what was it Zendaya or whatever not Zendaya but there's the woman from uh, South African South African. So you're talking athlete. about the the exceptions that make the rule. So well, I think we always have to take into consideration. We, we always have to take into consideration the exceptions, and but that's the thing is like when we're talking about trans people, y'all are focusing on the exceptions. Y'all y'all always focus on the exceptions when we're talking about trans people because trans people make up a very small minority of the people in this, in today's society. So, but yet you, y'all are making a big stink about it. So if we're going to be talking about the exceptions that are trans people, because they're we need to dominating talk about the where they shouldn't we need, be. We need to talk, we need to talk about the, all the exceptions. We can't just cherry pick the exceptions of one and not look at the exceptions of the other. And you can't ignore other. that what's happening simply because you have a, um, a certain prejudice towards progressive attitudes. A female is supposed to be a female. A male is supposed to be a male. Now, if you want to change it because of hormones and sexual operations, that's fine socially, but you can't compete athletically because it's a different scale. You still have the male advantages, and it's not. And those aren't exceptions. Those are at least 90 to 95% of the competitions which have been entered into by trans, so-called trans female, have... Um, won their the championships have come out on top, where they were mediocre before when they competed against men. They are now on top when they compete against women. Now, how do you explain it? 
I, I've seen a lot of examples where this is, this is not true, though. You have you have a lot of you have the weightlifter who examples. didn't even place. You have the weightlifter. A lot of the big examples. A lot of people that made stinks. That a lot of people that made the stink about it. The weightlifter who was in the Olympics that one time they didn't even place. Um, the the trans woman who didn't even place. You had. Um, we had another example, and then you had what? What? What call it? That was the other one. Just, 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 so was, just was in though? my mind, and 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 and, and just, just fell so out of my head. What's your point? My point is, is that you're, is that trying you know, to say the big cause is that yes, there, there, there may equals. very well be some trans women who excel, but there's also a lot of trans women who are not going to excel. So you're, you're only focusing, no, you're only cherry-picking on like the one or a two that, that are excelling. Excel. No, no, no. It's the opposite. Ninety. When I say ninety-five percent, that's way above fifty percent. I would, I would have, I would, I would need people. to see your figure. Look, you, if you have a link showing me that, then look it up. Dan Radio I've seen it it seen I would it. love to see that. I don't, I don't want to spend I've much more it. time talking about this because I do have other topics. Because um, I'm talking on my show as well. Okay. Yep. We're, 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 we're cross. We're right. cross. Yeah. Well, oh, you yeah. are. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, Dan, since I picked the two topics, well, since you said you wanted to cover other topics, I, I mean, you know, if you've got time, go ahead. Throw one of your topics tonight at me then. Yeah, well, the yeah. what you well, want to do. well, the the brief. Well, Since I can't get brief, called into your show. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, well, now you, you've called into the show. Now you've called by calling into uh, to uh, Gibson Media. You you by default then called into my show as well. It's like showception. Um, yes, yes, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. Well, we're cross. Well, well, it's good to have a cross. You say you love debating, um, and we have a you have your liberal platform there. I've got my cons- this is awesome. I've got my conservative platform here, and you've got your liberal platform there. What an awesome night this could be! Back, in, you know, you, and I'll allow you to pick the topics. <laughs> <laughs> the, the main topic that I'm going to talk about, and, and you know, I'll probably talk about more when I hang up, but um, there was the case of Brittany Watts. And have, have you all heard about what happened with Brittany Watts in Ohio? Um, she, uh, she, somewhat, she, yes, yes. That, go ahead. She, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm she sorry. was, she was, ahead, she was pregnant. Um, she, was, she didn't want to lose the pregnancy. Uh, she, she was, uh, but she seemed to be miscarrying. She went to the hospital a couple of times when she, because she seemed to be miscarrying, but because Ohio, I guess, had passed that law before the, uh, before the constitutional amendment passed, there was really nothing that could be done. Um, she ended up having a miscarriage uh, when she was on the toilet, and then they're wanting to charge her with, uh, with a crime of, of violating the, the fetus or something, or... or um, What's, or they're charging her with a crime of, of what's the what's the what's the exact crime that they're charging her with as well? I was, it was in, it's in the story. I was going to be bringing it up after I some sort of fetal homicide. Not even fetal homicide. It's 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 it's, it's abusing a corpse. Like it was like the, the fetus was already dead, and oh. the, it was it was wow. already a miscarriage. <laughs> and they're charging they're charging her with abuse of a corpse. Abuse of a corpse. Inside yeah. the womb? No, it, because because they they claim that there was damage after the corpse. So I guess because maybe she left it in the toilet or whatever and didn't do whatever it is they wanted to do. Even though a lot of miscarriages do happen in a toilet, and, and you know usually earlier on it just gets flushed. But uh, you know, how far along was she? Twenty-two weeks. How far along was she? Was she all twenty-two? She was twenty-two weeks pregnant. So. 
I don't know yeah. about that one there. I mean, that's yeah. so. So she gave stillbirth, and she flushed uh, either, either inadvertently. She didn't even um, flush. I mean, it could, um, I don't think it was possible. It, it, it wasn't possible. Like she, she, it was you know, again, like one of those big giant she turds tried. that just won't yeah. go down. Yeah. Except instead of a turd, it was a, it was a, it was a non-viable fetus. It was a, um, yeah. right, and it, the fetus was and going to be non-viable. With abuse of a corpse. Yeah, uh, she had. Was she it, had. Yeah, were they able to recover the life? Were they able to recover it? No. Recover the, I mean, the, well, the, I don't the know. If they were, I mean, there, there, there was no way that there was no way that the fetus was. I mean, I think they did finally. I think they did get it from the toilet. Um, the, the, it was going to be non-viable. She had a premature ruptured membrane. Her water broke early, and the fetus was too young to be delivered. Um, and oh, she, she shouldn't be charged then with anything. Yeah, that's, yeah. if she's being charged for anything, then no. I guess it, I'll agree with you, Dan. I'm sure you agree with the, me then that she should not be charged if that's the case. I mean, if there's no but heartbeat, but there's is, nothing. It's just a, you know. <laughs> but it goes on. But it goes on. Into, like, if, if if you have a a, a fetus is not going to be viable because because the uh, because you have a ruptured membrane and the water broke early and there's there's nothing that could be done. You're not going to be able to save the fetus. You're not going to be able to deliver the fetus to term. Why can't you handle it in the hospital right then and there instead of forcing the patient to go home and miscarry on a toilet? You can't. You couldn't. Well, because if it's a law, Ohio's because, well, law, it's a law. Yeah, you can't. Because, because well, you can't the laws that we're passing right now in know? this country, the laws that we're passing right now in this country are, are so draconian and so extreme that they do not allow for doctors to take action until the the life of the person life of the patient is threatened so for example we have uh, to change the law then change the law right but the law should not have been written such a way in the first place like the texas law you have to wait until the, the 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 pregnancy becomes toxic until the patients are and and, and the legislator won't do anything about it. that's why the the woman who almost died uh, because of her uh, toxic pregnancy, who went into toxic shock, um, is suing, and the case is being heard by the Texas Supreme Court now because the Texas law won't allow a doctor to perform an abortion until it becomes life-threatening. It doesn't have to, and it has to be life-threatening at this very time. It can't be a doctor saying, this pregnancy will become life-threatening sometime in the future, so we should act now to make sure it doesn't become life-threatening. The law says the pregnancy needs to be life-threatening now. Basically, the argument is the argument being made in front of the Supreme Court justices in Texas was that uh, basically she would have had to bring the suit while miscarrying, while having a toxic shock, while having toxic shock, because. They were the people. The state was trying to argue that the that the individual who brought the suit didn't have standing to bring the suit at this point in time because she wasn't dealing with a toxic pregnancy at this point in time because it had already passed. Even though she'd already dealt with a toxic yeah, pregnancy, no. like it's it's. It, and I knew this would come up. This would come up. Yeah. How many cases like this happen though across the country, Dan? You you finally found one. We finally found one. Now we can make an issue of which I agree with you. She should not well, there be was, charged, but it's still a law. The law is law. Well, there was like there was three in Texas. There were three in Texas that were happening roughly around the same time. Um, 
you you have this one now in Ohio. Um, but again, like how how many do, does it need to have happen in order for us to realize that these laws are written poorly? Like how many how many patients would have to die in order for for, for enough people to say, you know what, we went too far with these laws. We went too far. Okay, we, so we, what do you suggest? What do you suggest? Well, I mean, if if you if you took my view, which you're not going to agree with, is that you know government is proving that that it is incapable <laughs> of of writing laws that that deal with abortion. You know, I've covered on my show for a long time now that uh, conservative laws that restrict abortions only en- end up, you know, causing more to happen. You know, sometimes they're less safe, but it only ends up causing more to happen like when governor jeb bush of florida um, removed funding from planned parenthood the abortion rate uh, in florida went up for the tenure of for the remainder of his tenure as governor of florida but when john hickenlooper was governor of colorado uh, and they provided universal access to contraception including iud um, and and oral contraception pills um, unwanted pregnancies dropped you know because people had less unwanted pregnancies and as such they had less abortions as well. So, so should, should we regulate things like, you know, sterile environments? Sure. Absolutely. Should we regulate things like, you know, should we, should we regulate things like, you know, making sure that the people are, are educated enough to be able to perform the procedures? Sure. Absolutely. But, you know, my point is that, you know, after 22 weeks, at 22 weeks, you know, I would argue that this woman, Brittany Watts, was fully intending on having a child. This is not a situation where she was she was seeking medical treatment to end a pregnancy because she didn't want to be a mom. Why was she in the hospital? Because she was miscarrying. She was having her 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 the um, her amniotic fluid was leaking out. And she had a non-viable, she had a fetus that was going to become non-viable. But because she hadn't fully miscarried yet, because, because it, was, it had not completely finished the process of miscarrying, even though there was nothing they could do, the state was like, nope, sorry, nothing we could do. Because that's what when these laws... When you say laws, fetus, are you talking about the child inside the womb or are you talking about dead tissue? Well, when I say fetus, I'm talking about the fetus inside the womb before before it died. I don't know what the gender was. Of, so you're of, talking of, about a live child, okay? Yeah, I mean, a child right. is is I, I, when I, whenever I tend to talk about medical issues, I, I I tend to want to talk about the the medical terms that we would use that we would typically use to talk about those the the, the issue at hand. So. You know, like I'll talk, I'll use, I'll try and use the word patient. I'll try and use the word fetus when if it's a fetus, embryo when it's an embryo, you know, infant when it's an infant. Yeah, you know. but I just, want to, I just want to know when you're talking about right. the woman but, miscarrying, but, but I don't the, know the, if the, the, time, the fetus was alive. At the point in time, before, <laughs> before the fetus died, and, you know, at some point the fetus was still, you know, was still attached, uh, was still attached. There were still biological functions there. There was still, you know, there was still eventually going to be uh, a, a baby born, an infant born um, of, you know, and, and, and that's apparently what the mom wanted, what, what she wanted, to have, what Miss Watts wanted to have happen. 
Um, but it didn't because a so why do they why do they send her home? Because these laws don't allow these laws as written until the constitutional amendment took place. Uh, these laws as written do not allow for um, doctors to take action unless there is an emergency. And it wasn't an emergency because she wasn't dealing with any toxic shock or anything at this point in time. Okay, no... I want to try to get some clarification. She went to the hospital because she was feeling pain. Her water was breaking, right? She was leaking amniotic fluid. She wanted help. She didn't want an abortion. But somehow right. the doctors tell her that even though she's not in imminent danger of the fetus dying, that they can't no, no, help no, her. No, she said that, no, she said that the... She went, she went to the hospital, and they, they, the doctors did say that the fetus was going to die. Problem Eventually, is that as, you said, right. But the it fetus wasn't was going to die. There, there was, there was, it, was a it was going to be a non-viable fetus. Uh, there was no way that this fetus was going to be able to survive because of the amniotic sac being broken, punctured, or whatever, whatever happened to it that caused the rupture. Amniotic fluid was leaking. There was nothing that could be done at this point. There's no way you could stop that. There's no way to stop the baby from dying. Right, at that point. But at as, that point. As the, as, as so the doctor says, why... the fetus, according to the testimony, the fetus was going to be non-viable. It was going to be non-viable because she had premature ruptured membranes, her water had broken early, and the fetus was too young to be delivered. was too young to be, 22 hmm. weeks, too young to be delivered. So they sent her home without any kind of medical care. And there's something wrong with the story. Well, because... Okay. Yeah, I kind of got to agree on that. It just there's something sound right, wrong with the story. Yeah. Well, what do you think is wrong with the story? That they wouldn't give, that they wouldn't do what? She goes there. She's not there for an abortion, which I think, I presume you're against, or maybe you're for, I think maybe you're for it. But she's not there for an abortion. She needs help. She's in imminent danger of what you call the fetus not being viable. And in layman's terms, which, which parents, when they talk about their fetuses, they talk about their unborn child and life and death situations, they would say, my, chi my water is breaking. My child is in danger of dying. And yet the, uh, the doctors are saying, well, not now. You might have to wait a day and then come back when you have more of an imminent danger. But you might die if you go home. You might your fetus might not be viable if you go home, but go home anyway. It Story wasn't that sucks. she might die if she goes home. It was that it was that the, the fetus is non viable. But they couldn't do Which anything meant, because of the way these she, let, yeah. let me let me pull up the Ohio abortion law real quick. Hold on. The Ohio abortion ban text. Let me pull up the specific text of the abortion law. So the thumbnail is, is that she went there. They said, we can't take the baby out of you because that would be an abortion. But the baby is... Um, is viable now, but may not be viable later. In other words, the baby, if we right, treat fetus, now, if, if, if there was a heartbeat, saved. of the, if the fetus had a heartbeat, if the fetus had a, had a detectable heartbeat, 
then there's nothing. Then they can't perform. They could not perform an abortion. Right, so this is 2019. So that's not even the most recent one. Hold on. So the whole issue is heartbeat, really. If if it doesn't have a heartbeat, it's not detected as a life. And if it's a heartbeat, then it has a life. So they can't they can't do the abortion. So they have to send her home, which which puts her at risk and the child. Because it's not viable. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, the, that, the, the, whoever the, made that decision that day? <laughs> yeah, that seems to be pretty much it. Well, the decision, the the the, the problem is, is that the the hands of the hospital people in the hospital, even if they wanted to do something, were were tied because they couldn't do anything because of the way that the that the law. That's not true, Dan. They take an oath, do no harm. That is their oath. They have to comply with that oath above all, anything. Do uh, no right. harm. If, and if, they're if gonna you're do the harm, doctor, the oath right. of do no harm versus the risk that, uh, that, uh, that, a, that, a, um, that the state is going to come after you and charge you with a felony. What, what, what's going to happen? If the state considers... You, if, can they if do the that? State, yeah. I, I mean, don't if, think if, they if, can, if, if that, I don't I, think they can. Let's see. Well, I just don't know. Me. I just don't know about that because you got to remember, doc. Yes, yeah, the doctor takes that oath, and that's that's actually law itself. That's a regulation by the 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 uh, board, the licensing board of of that state. They're governed by the uh, Ohio statute, so that would make no sense. Well, well, they're, in conflict, they're conflicting with each other. Then the statute. You know, that, yeah. See, that was, that's what I was going to jump in on. Yeah, there's a Hippocratic Oath, do no harm. But when uh, the ethics boards write, um, write the laws and write the, uh, the guidelines, the doctors are going to follow them or lose their license. It's the same right. thing with COVID. Um, the doctors are told if you um, give uh, more than five um, prescriptions for, let's say, oxychloroquine or ivermectin or recommend that, um, that your patient um, see, it's something else other than a, a legally prescribed drug uh, for the COVID. You could lose your license. So they're going to <laughs> they're going to um, keep their license by not doing the right by their patient. Doctors are doctors wow. are, are people, and uh, they're going to conform to whatever brings in the money. Simple as that. Okay, so here's the thing. So so in November. Um, Ohio passed the constitutional protections to, pr- to protect abortion access. Um, but those don't take effect until December 7th. Um, the date that, um, that Brittany Watts um, officially passed the dead fetus into the toilet uh, was September 22nd. So before, so about a month and a half before the voters passed the law. So when that took place, <clears throat> the Ohio ban on abortion was still in place. And as such, the, the doctors had to, I guess, take their oath of do no harm in the contents of what the state considers harm versus what the state doesn't consider harm. If the state considers abortion harm, then how are the doctors supposed to perform an abortion? You know what I mean? Yeah. And if the state considers the yeah, the, right. the 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 if the state considers the ending of a non-viable pregnancy be just because they can detect a heartbeat, 
an abortion, an illegal abortion, despite the fact that there's no hope in the abortion, in the pregnancy ever ending in a, in a live infant, then even though it puts the patient at risk, even though there's no way for the, for the fetus to survive, even though there's, there's no hope whatsoever for anything to take place that the, that the person who wants to be a parent wants to have happen, that anybody wants to have happen happen, the state wrote the law in such a way that makes it so that these patients can't get the medical help that they need and have to resort yeah, to the women in a hell of a position. Yeah. Right. And, you know, and, it, and it's wrong. The women in and, and position, however you know? we feel, however, I mean, me and Joseph Gibson and what's your name again, sir? I forget. What, what's your name again? Joe. His name is Joe too. So I got two Joes, two Joes and a Dan. Um, so we are <laughs> likely going to disagree on a lot of issues pertaining to abortion. And, and, and I'm not going to try and change y'all's minds on that in particular. Those, on, any, on everything pertaining to abortion tonight. Uh, and I probably would never try to do it ever. But I would like to think that we would agree that any law that would prevent a doctor from treating Ms. Watts at the hospital and, and in, in this circumstance, in this particular situation where there's a non-viable fetus, despite the fact that the fetus has a heartbeat, a detectable heartbeat, but it's still non-viable. There's no way to save the fetus. How the do you fetus define is, non-viable? If it has a heartbeat, it's alive. How do you define non-viable? It's, it's, it's not going to survive. There's no way that it's going to make it to a point where it could be delivered and it's and it's and it's it's going to it's going to die. Well, apparently there's, the there's no way there's no way there's going to be an be infant. Delivered. There's no way there's going to be an infant okay. when it's delivered. When, 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 when it exits the body, it's going to be a corpse. Okay. Yeah, that, that's However, happened before, Joe. That's happened before. That's happened before, Joe. That's happened. That's happened. You know, even with, so yeah, I see your point. Go ahead, finish your point, Dan. I want because I, I know you're so, getting to so a, when uh, it exits the body, it's going to be a corpse. <laughs> it's going to be stillborn or whatever. Um, so 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 do you? So, so this law, uh, these laws as they're written, like in Texas, has the same same basic verbiage. Louisiana has the same basic verbiage. Um, that it requires the patient to wait until it becomes toxic and risking their own life until the, the doctors can take action. So I think I would hope that we would all agree that if in, in such a situation where a doctor would say, look, the, the fetus is not going to survive, there's never going to be an infant, what, whatever, whatever is going to be delivered is going to be a corpse, I need to act now in order to make sure that there is no toxicity that happens to this patient because it's going to be safer now than letting it wait and risking uh, sepsis taking place. I think any law that causes that, that prevents the doctor from taking an action at that point is wrong and needs to be changed. Uh, can, do we all agree on that? I will agree I with you on know. that, Dan. I'm done. I, 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 I have to know more about the case. Even if you're not talking about Brittany Watts in general, other Joe, even if, even if, even let's ignore that if that was Brittany Watts, just, just take, accept just a general situation of, 
of that uh, general general situation as I've described. You have a fetus. It's not going to. There's there is no chance that the doctor will say there is no chance that this fetus is going to result in an infant. It's only going to result in a corpse being delivered. Only 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 the only thing is when that corpse is going to come out and what condition the patient is is going to be when the corpse comes out. Do we, do we force the patient to wait till they get sepsis or do we treat the patient now and not force the patient to deal with sepsis, to potentially deal with sepsis? Now, fortunately, in this particular story, Brittany Watts didn't have to deal with sepsis, but in Texas, you had situations where they did. Um, if, if, if it's going to be a question, Well, I happen to agree with laws that say that doctors shouldn't take matters into their own hands unless it's going to be dangerous to the patient. So the patient, in any case, it's a woman who has a pregnancy, and if the pregnancy is going to cause her harm, then the doctor should take action. If the pregnancy at that time isn't causing her harm, then the laws have to be obeyed until they change. Now, the laws, if you're going to argue the laws of draconian, then I'm going to say I'd have to take a look, a further look at the law because most laws, as far as I'm concerned, are, um, are out of line. They're not there to help the citizens at all. So most of the laws are going to be either draconian or they're going to be just written in such a way that, um, like I said, the citizens are going to be put at risk no matter what because I think there's a book written called like 3 million or 6 million laws and it's you violate a law no matter what you do. Okay, no matter what you do, you're violating a federal law, city law, or a state law. So the laws are not written there for the uh, protection of the um, of the American citizens. But um, so, like I say, I'd have to know more about the general situation and a specific case for me to actually comment on it in a you know in a way that's <laughs> very defined. All right. Well, at least I got at least you got Joe Gibson to agree with me, which you know happens every now and then. Um, anyway, but, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, I mean, that's I, a rough we, one, Dan. That was a rough issue. It is a rough issue. It, <laughs> that was it's a rough hard. Issue. And, and, and it's, it's one of the, it's one of the things where, I mean, you have people, you have people who are ignorant about biology, making laws about biology. You know, you have just like you have people who are ignorant about the Internet, making laws about the Internet. You have people that are ignorant about many issues, making laws about many issues. Um, And I would agree with I'm I'm just going to call you other Joe at this point. Um, I would agree with other Joe that there are definitely too many laws on the books. We could probably take pruning shears in some cases and maybe a giant hacksaw on other issues and you know, and chop off a whole bunch of unnecessary BS that doesn't need to be there because in, in many, many circumstances, there are, there are, there are unnecessary laws. There are, you know, to me, the basic purpose of government should be to protect, you know, individuals and maybe entities against from harm from other individuals and entities. You know, that, that basically should be, should be the, the role of government. Maybe there's some roles to play when it comes to like, you know, you know, I'm fine with the idea of, of, of government, you know, providing, you know, maybe government might be more efficient and at providing infrastructure than private businesses, 
there's 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 discussions to be had there. I would probably be on the side where that says yes, maybe one or both of you would say no, and we could have that debate or whatever. But that's not necessarily but you're law. You're definitely against me on the border issue. Definitely against the border. You believe states don't have rights to uh, enforce their borders. Right. I know we went and had a knockdown, drag out one on that one. I mean, uh, well, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you wouldn't want to secure our borders. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, 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 my first point, well, my first point is that states don't have rights because the Tenth Amendment clearly says that power is not delegated to the states by the Constitution nor prohibited to it by the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. So that people have rights, states have powers. So rights are something that the people well, have. Well, state powers are something that the states have. But I also say that if you read, uh, was it Article 1, Section 8, uh, the Article 1, Section 8 specifically grants the power to, to, to deal with the border pow- policy, to deal with you know, naturalization and, and other border policies to the federal government. And since it's a power given to the federal government in the Constitution, it is not a power that the states get because of the Tenth Amendment. That's my argument about why states don't have the authority to enforce border policy. And if you live by the Tenth Amendment, you die by the Tenth Amendment. You can't have it both ways. You can't argue if you're for, saying for the states have powers, then they have the powers to uh, to protect their borders. I, no, I'm saying if they, I'm saying states have powers that are not given to the federal government because that's what the Tenth Amendment says. Federal government is given the power to control the border because the federal government is given the power to control the the border of the country. That is not a power that is given to the states by the Constitution. As such, they don't have that power. To, to, well, it's the states to control the borders of the country, but they have um, powers to control the borders of their own states. They have powers to control the borders, of, but but the, the the federal government also has the power to control interstate commerce. So I would say I would say no to that too, because the federal government also well, controls interstate yeah. commerce. So I would say I would say the federal government well, has the, the power to control the, the, the issues of crossing borders between states, and the federal government has the power you know, what to control regulations. Me. Anyway. My point is, is that, is that, you know, if you want to, if you want to, you know, want to support the 10th Amendment, support the 10th Amendment the whole way, then not, don't just pick and choose what, what you support and when you support the 10th Amendment, when you don't support the 10th Amendment. So that, that's, that's my argument on that. And I, I think I try and be consistent as much as possible. And I think the only way to be consistent on that, on the 10th Amendment issue is to say you know, yeah, states have powers that are not given to the federal government or restricted from the states, as the Tenth Amendment says. But if a power is given to the federal government, then the Tenth Amendment is clear that it's not one that's given to the states. So you can't then you can't then have. I don't the understand state, that particular argument that you're going to say that if the if the state has powers that are not given to the federal government. Uh, let's say the state, yeah, that are that argument of the federal government, and thus the states cannot enforce their own state powers to protect itself. No, the, state, the, state, the, the states have the powers that are not given to the federal government. So, so let's say, for example, let's use marriage as an example, right? So the states do have the authority to define marriage, right? 
Um, now there are issues that not the Fourteenth Amendment or is it to the Constitution? Oh, okay, all right. Go well, ahead. Not, uh, all right. marriage isn't listed in the Constitution, therefore this, the uh, the the power to regulate marriage belongs to the state. However, um, you know, and and I don't want to argue the Fourteenth Amendment, so we're not going to get into that. I always have to say that, but the Fourteenth Amendment does require equal protection under the law, and. As such, the states the, the states wouldn't have the authority to deny marriage to people unequally. So, so the states have the authority to do certain things, but to, to regulate marriage, but they have to do so in a way that's non-discriminatory, uh, so to speak. But so, like the so the so the federal government can come in and and, and make rules pertaining to such actions to make sure that when the states make laws that they're not doing so in a, in a discriminatory way but they can't but they can't necessarily make a blanket law on those things that are that's what's one of the reasons why i don't think that the what's i lost my train of thought on that one yeah. anyway well i lost my train of thought on that one <laughs> I, I was going somewhere and I, and I and i and i lost it anyway Point being is that point being is that because the states are not because the states specifically are or because the federal government is specifically given certain powers, those powers are not are not absorbed by the states via that tenth amendment clause, and as such the states don't have the power to do it. That's why I'm that's why I would argue that Abbott doesn't have the power to put floating berms and barbed wire up on you know on the border because it's not it's not his power to do so it's why i would argue that uh abbott and DeSantis don't have the authority to, to take migrants and ship them all over the country you know undocumented folks and ship them all over the country that that's not that's not so their what would be the issue to solve the border crisis what would you do as as a liberal and your and liberal policies that you know how would you change the current situation now obviously it's not working and you did disagreed with trump's uh way of doing things so what would be your way of solving the problem then honestly it's probably above my pay grade at this point like i don't necessarily think <laughs> that i have the answer on it look just because i disagree with with somebody's solution it doesn't mean i have to come up with the solution you know, just okay. just because I think okay. something is wrong doesn't Fair necessarily enough. think that doesn't mean that I have to automatically come up with with the absolute perfect way of of fixing what's going on. I mean, everybody everybody on both sides will call what's going on the border a crisis. You know, right and left both will say that there's a border okay. crisis. You now, there's lots of people at the border. Lots of people want to come to this country, regardless of you know when when Biden's president, when Trump was president. You know. There are lots of people. No, when anybody. There are lots of people in this country. (laughs) Good big chunks of the country, you know, said that Trump was a horrible president. Good big chunks of this country said that Biden is a terrible president. Regardless of 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 those large swaths of people saying that both of them are horrible presidents, still tons of people wanted to come to this country regardless during during both of their presidencies. Yeah. So there's there's must be something yeah. good about this country, regardless about so, the fact okay. that 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 so we have that we you, have people who you, are, you know, who okay. are reviled by a big if chunk you, of the country. Do you regardless. think there's a border crisis? 
Do you think there's a border crisis? Yeah, he said it. He said it. Yeah, he there, yeah. I mean, everybody okay. is saying that there's a border crisis. So, I mean, I'm not, I'm not disagreeing that there's why, a border crisis. Why? Why do you think it's a border crisis? Do you think it's because the border's open, or do you think it's because of the people coming here? I think it's because we're not doing a good enough job handling what's going on at the border. I think I, I don't, I don't think we have enough resources to deal with what's going on at the border. I don't think I think there's maybe some geopolitical issues that we could be dealing with to, to I mean I yeah, think part of it is, is like that if, because if, you don't you think the numbers are bad or do you think the people who are inhabiting those numbers are bad I don't think that I I don't I don't pres, I don't presume that any of the people at the border are bad until they show themselves to be bad people like I'm not going to assume that anybody in and of themselves is a bad person until they show themselves to be a bad person. I don't think the well, desire to people let's say there's a million people a year that pass through. Is it because the million people even if they haven't shown you that these people are terrorists, um, would the number be bad for you or do you think um we should have a smaller amount of people coming through the border? I maybe rephrase it i'm not quite sure like like i, I mean okay. how many of the, how, like many are, are you suggesting like what, are you suggesting that like you know what like i don't i don't know what percentage of those people what percentage of those people are you asserting are terrorists I like said, if, we don't say know you can presume that all of them let's say they until they've shown themselves to be terrorists or bad people you can presume that they're decent people so we have a million who, in your estimation, are presumed to be decent people. I, okay. also, I happen to know that 100,000 of them come, come through the border are not decent. But let's say they haven't shown themselves. So they haven't shown themselves to be indecent, uncivilized savages. Is the number a good number for you, for a million people a year to come in? Or is it, because you're saying it's a border crisis, is it because then of the numbers? Or of the people. You're saying the people haven't shown themselves to be bad, so therefore it's the number. Which number is bad for you? I don't. I don't even think. I don't think it's a matter of the. Of, of it's a crisis because of the number of people coming. I think it's just a matter of the the number of people we have to 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 deal with that number and then handle. You know which claims are valid, like claims of asylum, versus which ones are bogus claims of asylum which ones are people who are going to you know meet the requirements otherwise to come through and 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 come in and 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 meet whatever requirements they might need to pass through legally otherwise if they're not you know asylum seekers versus other ones that would be denied like i don't think we have enough to enough resources down there to handle and adjudicate those those processes and i think that Somebody else in my chat on YouTube now just said something about added to my point, which was a lot of the countries that they're coming from are that they're leaving and have major problems, need help. And I was thinking that that's why I was kind of saying on my geopolitical point, which is that if we did a better job, both politically or, or diplomatically trying to get, you know, trying to have better 
terms with some of these countries and yeah, try and improve the, countries, the lives the of these better other countries. The citizens and the citizens who wouldn't come over here. Yeah, I know that. I've heard that argument. I'm trying to find out your particular perspective. So you're saying about the resources. So the resources would only really be necessary to vet the people. If the if, of, of the million people who were to come in and they were being vetted and the million people could come in, okay, because they're considered decent people, would that be okay with you? If they were, if, if, if we had the resources to vet, if a million people came in and all million of them got vetted and either qualified for asylum or qualified for some other legal means of being able to enter yeah. the country, I mean, I, I don't have a problem yeah. with that. Like, if, 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 if so, no, I don't, okay. I don't necessarily have a problem with people right. immigrating to this country. I mean, you know, now some people, if they immigrate to the country. So what, now, if, now, what if over 2 million a year, 3 million a year? And that means in 10 years, there'll be 30 million of so-called respectable immigrants who have come over here from other countries, probably um, asylum seekers or whomever. And so now we have in 10 years, we have 30 million people from other countries here. Is that okay by you? Why not? Why wouldn't it be? Aren't aren't we supposed to be a a melting pot? Aren't we supposed to be a a big jambalaya or gumbo, so So to speak? So you don't foresee any problems whatsoever with 30 million people in 10 years coming over here, don't speak the language, come from a different culture, and just because we have this theory and nice little jingo about we're a melting pot, you say, hey, not a problem. Who's, we have, to say that we have space. Who's to say that they're not going to speak the language? I, I, I firmly disagree with the idea that, I'm to say that. people who are going to come I'm here. To and, and I'm to say that because of, of the uh, communities in which other people besides myself have lived in with migrants, um, legal and illegal, who don't speak the language well, who are contentious, a lot of whom are anti-American. But if they were vetted, and if they knew the Constitution, if they didn't show obvious signs of being um, somebody who escaped from their particular prison, they could pass through and pass your muster. Now, let's say they are good people. 30 million people who are inhabiting another country of 320 million and now 350 million, they're taking up space. They're taking showers. They're dumping into the toilets. They're taking jobs away from Americans who are who are lucky enough are born here. The are they taking jobs the away apple in every country? Yeah, they are taking jobs away. Simply I don't by know. The laws of physics. A lot of them are doing you the jobs have, that we don't want to do. Now that's a lousy argument because when there have been jobs such as picking letters or something or doing something or slaughtering, there are lines around the block by Americans who, who um, would be willing to take that job. The reason why a lot of Americans aren't willing to take the jobs that you're going to suggest about is because Americans here go get trades and have college degrees and don't want to do the kind of work which the immigrants are forced to do. However, they are taking jobs away from Americans who, on a socioeconomic level, are that low, can and do want those particular jobs. Plus, they're taking up apartment space, they're taking up entrepreneurial space, they're taking up space in colleges. They're taking up space where they don't belong. You are entering a country that you do not know anything about, but simply are there to take advantage of that country. If immigrants are so important, are so um, necessary for this particular country, name me 20 outstanding immigrants 
in the last 10 years that you know about that's contributed to our country to such a degree that has taken, that has made you notice them? I mean, do they have to be famous? I mean, I used to work at a, at a, at a company that had a ton of people who were from other countries who were wonderful people who were doing wonderful work. Like, I mean, probably most of the people who lived in that country, there were people from, from Cuba, Honduras, Mexico, Nicaragua. But they have to contribute. And just because you work with immigrants, I've worked with immigrants too. They have to take their, you are making my argument. They have taken no, they, they, they were like they were software developers. Like these people were like software developers or or uh, or business analysts and professionals. Which taken like, up space, right? H one B visas, two hundred fifty thousand. No, they, they became citizens. These India people became citizens. Have taken up space in the colleges, thereby two hundred fifty thousand Americans could not um, get into those colleges because of these H one B visas. I don't. I don't so even know if they were educated. People? I don't even know okay. if they were educated here, or if they were educated in their home countries and came here afterwards. So you, I don't even know if if that's even it's a true re- statement. But let's look at the U.S. Chamber. Hold on. It is let's, let, let's look up. at the U.S. Chamber do, of Commerce. Do you not agree that take up space? Do you not agree that for million? Everybody takes well, up space. Said, but, why not three million a year? They take up everybody space, takes right. up space. But if let's they look, didn't we, take up space, wouldn't that space be taken up by natural-born Americans? No, because that space would be empty. They wouldn't. The, they, that's right. So, if, if, if they weren't the, here, so wait if, 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 so if they weren't wait here, minutes, wait, wait, no, 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 no. Let me finish. Let me finish. If they were not years, here, if, if, we were, if we were all here as normal, you're saying wait, wait, no. no. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> if we were all here, and they weren't here, there would be empty space where they weren't. And if they then they come in, they would fill up the space that was empty. But I'm, I want to move on to the next point oh, because my, my chat's getting antsy, are you and, and my chat can only handle so much, of, so much, so much conservatism, and, and we've gone on a lot longer than I thought. Well, yes. okay, of course. Anyway, but, but, but that, no, that because, particular I mean, argument of yours, it would. How long would it stay empty then? You're saying 30 million spaces would be empty over a period of 10 years. So how long will those empty spaces remain empty? I, th- I, I think the argument is a strange <laughs> argument to make. I don't, I don't know. I don't no, know. It's an argument that you that you haven't been encountering yet uh, until I came along. But the thing is, your liberalism, which isn't bad. I mean, you you know you want the Constitution, you want individual rights to be protected, has gone askew, awry. Thirty million Americans, not Americans, immigrants, which you said is okay by you, over the course of ten years have taken up space that you agree with. But you also say if they weren't here, that space would be empty. So how long would it take for that space, which is empty, according to you, to be taken up by Americans who need jobs, who need to support their families, who need to go to college? How long would it be? I have no idea, but I, I'm just I'm just believe that oh, this is what yeah. I'm going to say. This is this is what I'm going to say about it. I don't be, I, I I believe that the argument that's being made is 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 sounds very xenophobic because. It, it sounds like you 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 are afraid of of people from coming from outside being allowed in because somehow it's going to harm what we have here, even though what we have here has been built by many other people who have come from outside and have come in. So, and I'll end on this point. That's a specious argument, though. Your argument to, is specious. According, you know according to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. 
Um, there are uh-huh. 9.5 million job openings in the United States and only 6.5 million unemployed workers. So even if every single unemployed worker filled those jobs, there would still be 3 million open jobs available. Um, it still doesn't account for the space that they take up in which they're, they're eating the natural resources of the country that they've gone into. They don't know the language. They don't know about the Constitution, and many of them, even though they haven't shown you that they are uh, people of concern, they are of concern. Many of them are anti-American. That's the reality. By persons, namely myself, who knows about them by being in that community, which is dominated by um, (laughs) immigrants who don't give a rat's ass about America. But they're here because they have bennies given to them by the government so that they can start businesses, so that they can can pay off uh, loans on on, uh, mortgages of homes that should be occupied, which you say would be empty, which would be occupied by Americans. It's only common sense that people who are born into a country have the first bite of the apple and should not have that apple and that bite taken away. It's like a person who was born into a family now being replaced by a stepchild or an adopted child. I can't work. agree with that Shouldn't at work. all. I can't agree with that at all. I think okay. that's the worst argument you could make. Oh, I mean, Dan. I think that's the worst <laughs> argument. If, if somebody is adopted into a family or somebody is a stepchild, like my stepsister is, I, I view my stepsister as a sister. My stepsister is my sister. I don't view her as, as any less child. or more. Like, I don't view my sister as any less it or is. anymore. She's family. Like, when if, if somebody you, you can have it, immigrants who are given packets of money at airports to go to wherever they want to go to, and are given immediately within one week government benefits, yeah, that's taxpayer money coming out of my pocket to be paid to immigrants who don't care about America. And again, since you care about the immigrants, of course, all right, fine. Name me how they contribute so much to this country that natural-born Americans could not and would not be able to. A ton of undocumented Americans, a ton of undocumented, a ton of undocumented immigrants who are here, despite the fact that they uh, that they still have to pay into um, pay into the uh, when they get their paychecks, and they still have to. You know, let's say they use a fake uh, social security number. Taxes. Yes, yes. Okay. They, they're still paying right. into the FICA taxes that they'll never get the benefit of. So they're they're paying into that system. They anytime they pay, uh, you know, sales taxes or you gasoline never taxes, get the they're of? paying into those taxes as well. There's lots of different ways that they're paying into the system, despite them not being citizens, despite I'm not being whatever. How they and pay into the, and the final point, the wait, final point, out. and I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to mute this because I'm going to end the conversation. Thank you, Gibson, and thank you, Joe, for for being part of the show. But the only other point that I want to make on this issue before I move on to other things uh, is that the DACA recipients, some of the folks who are here, the deferred action people, the young folks who are here, who have been. Um, who have been here for a long time are probably some of the most patriotic people. They, they love this country. They want to be in this country. They, they've grew up in this country. They grew up loving this country. They haven't grown up hating this country. And all they want to do, all they want to be is, is to be American citizens is to, and to love this country and to fight for this country and, and, and to have this country be all that it can be and all that it promises to be. And it, it fails to be what it promises to be 
when we start giving into and, and catering and fighting all of those uh, xenophobic, uh, all these xenophobic ideas that, that are sometimes being presented to us by the right wing of this country. And I don't even argue that there are many people on the right. There are many people on the right who have taken actions that prove that they don't love this country either. And maybe there are some people on the left who do things that say that they don't love this country either, that they hate America, that they whatever. And that's fine too. And I'm sure, I'm sure you'll point it, you can point at plenty of leftists who, who even physically say that they hate America. And I'm sure they do. But loving or hating America isn't necessarily something that is, that is, that is something that belongs to citizens, non-citizens respectively. There are people who are immigrants who love this country, who love this country with all their heart because of all of the advantages that, that is given to them, that is all of the, that they love all of the things that they have been able to do because they came to America and because of the advantages that they got, because of the opportunities they got when they got to America, you know, and, and, and yet if, if, if we have plenty of space, there are plenty of seats at the table and the answer is not to, tell them not to come sit at the table. The answer is to put in an extender at the table and make more seats. That's the, that's, that's the reason that that's, that's the answer. And the another thing that I would also say is simply that, you know, when we're looking at numbers and, and I would be very, very cautious when looking at the numbers of this administration versus the last administration and trying to make, trying to judge onto who did a better job because a lot of times conservatives will look at this administration and be like, look at the numbers of people that Biden are catching. That just shows that Biden is bad. Well, no, Biden's Biden administration is doing their job because they're stopping people from crossing the border. President Trump hated optics that made him look bad. So President Trump wasn't about to report that he had a large amount of people crossing the border with fentanyl because all that would do is prove that people were crossing the border with fentanyl. So he wouldn't want that reported. So he would want to, he would want to report things like, Oh, I'm finding all these low hanging fruit people. I'm finding all of these people that are, that are, you know, that are easily picked up and, 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 and deported that I could easily just yeet out of the country. <coughs> and as such, that'll make my numbers look good amongst the people who like the fact that I'm yeeting the people out of the country. But in reality, he didn't want, if he, if he went and he was a, and he went and he was able to say, Oh, I've, I've cut all these people catch it, you know, with, with coming into the country with drugs. He wouldn't want that. Because then he would have to admit that people were coming into the country with drugs, with illegal drugs under his watch. So I would argue that he didn't make that a, he didn't make that a priority. He didn't want to catch people coming into the country with drugs because that would make him look weak in his eyes. Because what do the Republicans again do? Joe Biden catches the people coming into the country with drugs, and now they make the argument, oh, now Biden people are coming into the country with drugs. When in reality, the Biden administration are catching the people with drugs, Trump wasn't catching the people, which means they could have been coming in and we don't know. Right? That's my point about that.
so. And I did get to talk about the Britney Watts thing with, with Gibson. I wasn't expecting to have that be a debate. I was expecting that to more to be just a conversation about Britney Watts. But at least, you know, Joe Gibson agreed. Again, it's one of those. And now, it went, now the debate discussion went on to a whole bunch of different stuff and whatever. And that's fine. Um, it happens. But one of the things that one of the reasons that I like having the other folks on the show uh, is because I like finding points where we agree. And one of the points where we agreed now is that I was able to show, hey, even somebody, you know, as, as conservative as, as Joe Gibson agreed that these laws went too far. Now, we're not going to agree on where abortion should be legal and where it shouldn't uh, because, well, that's just not going to happen. I don't expect it to happen, but maybe it will. But at this point, I don't expect it to happen. But at least it shows that we can, we can build a bridge and we can find a point where we can say, look, at least we agree here. And if we can agree here and we can agree there, then maybe we can cross some divides. Which, which brings me to an interesting point, an interesting idea that I had. And I know some of y'all are probably going to hate this idea. Um, I, know, I know some of y'all hate this, are going to probably hate this idea, but like I had this idea of wanting to invite, like maybe having a, a live sort of event where I invite like Jeff Carrere, the, the guy whose show I call into a bunch where I want like maybe invite like maybe six of his listeners and kind of have like a round table discussion with them. And I want, want, want to have like, you know, just, just, you know, me and the six of them and just kind of be like, have a discussion about some of the issues. And like, one of the things I would start off with would be like, for example, like, you know, ask them, start off like what do you think about health care like health insurance like what is the reason to have health insurance and get their opinions or whatever um you're leaving now mike i mean we're no longer have this it's i no longer have gibson media on i mean it's he's not on anymore anyway so like what what is your opinion about like health insurance. What is what is the reason for health insurance? And like get their opinions on it, and then like say okay, and then be like okay. So is would would it be your opinion, or would you agree that the reason for health insurance is? And then it would be like okay, so have you have health insurance to like offset costs? So just in case you get sick, you know you don't have to go broke to cover you know to minimize your expenditures on a yearly basis on what you might have to pay. For, you know, for, for if you happen to have a major event that takes place. And then be like, okay, yeah. And then be like, and then say, like, okay, well, and the idea about my idea would, 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 would be to get the people who would be willing to have a calm, reasoned, rational discussion, not the people who would scream. Um, and I would we would we would have discussion lots of discussions about that before where it would it would it would stay tone and level level like that 
And then it would be like, okay, so and then I would ask them, like, what do you feel about rescission? Or but I say, like, what do you feel about it? Let, let's say you paid into what do you what do you, what do you think about like if, if if an insurance company then said, All right, well, you've paid your insurance for such amount of time, but now you know, we're tired of paying all of you. You've been sick. You have stage four cancer. You know, we're tired of paying all of your chemo. We're going to cancel your policy at the end of the year. We're done. You know, you haven't stopped paying your, your premiums. We're, but you just, they just decide, okay, we're going to end this. We're going to end and we're not going to give you insurance anymore. What would you feel about that? And see how they felt about that. Now, I would think that most people would say that that's pretty crappy because you did your end of the bargain. You're, you've been paying your premiums and you, 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 you followed your rules and they didn't follow their rules. They're, they're almost, they're saying, Oh, I'm out. You were too sick, but you, you, and they, they you know, maybe they didn't have a lifetime. They, they didn't specify a lifetime maximum, but they just then decided and say, okay, well, we're done. We're not going to, we're not going to cover you anymore. Bye. And uh, and then if they say, well, that sounds unfair, I'll be like, well, that's rescission. That's what insurance companies used to do. But why don't we have that anymore? Because of the Affordable Care Act. Because of Obamacare. Hello. Hey, buddy. What's going on, Wes? Not a whole lot. I was kind of feeling sorry for you tonight. I'm... I, I don't like to say it, but that guy was such an asshole. What, the other Joe? Yeah. Well, you know. And you just and you just let him go on. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes, you know, the reason sometimes I let them go on is because I wanted to show, like, I, 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 I knew the point that he was getting to, and I wanted to get to the point where he got to the point where it was, like, total xenophobia. And that's that's the point that I wanted him to prove the point. It was like, that's uh, that's that's, and that's where totally I ended. That, that's where about everything. <laughs> that's where I ended it. Is is where he he utterly proved the xenophobic point, which was the the there's no room for them. There's only room for us. You know you you know and I probably maybe could have ended it a few minutes earlier, but I, I'm glad I let it go to the point where I ended it because it got to the point where it was absolute xenophobia. And because that, yeah. that's a lot of a lot of a lot of the anti-immigration stuff stems from xenophobic xenophobic thought that people are afraid of them coming in and ruining here. And, and a lot of it, a lot of it stems from white nationalism. Now, I don't know if this individual is a white nationalist or not. I can't say I don't know the person from Adam. Probably. I don't know if he's a white nationalist or not. I don't know. I'm a, I don't even know what color he is. He might be white. He might not be white. He 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 might. I mean, he had a, you know, he, he sounded like white. he he sounded like he could have been, but I don't know. I, I he might have been just, you know, some people might hear Hootie from Hootie and the Blowfish talk and think that he might be white too, and 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 he's Do you I know he's not. White? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty white. Yeah, there's about a fourth of a percent that's un- that's questionable. Might be North African. I'm one percent sardine, apparently. One percent Sardinia. Sardinia. So, yeah, I'm one percent. One percent Sardinia. So I'm I, I'm I'm one percent fish. 
Well, I'm a lot of Dutch, and so and there are so many Dutch that traveled all around the world, you know. So you never really know where they picked up their genes from. Well, you know, who, maybe they got the genes from the Gap next, or J.C. Penny or Macy's. Sorry, Macy's. <laughs> I like Macy's. I know I didn't used to like Macy's because I I really liked I really liked Carson's and um oh Bergner's you know but they were more like a local store that's very much like and and then there was the one down the world's largest store in Chicago. Uh-huh. Uh what was the name of that place? Oh, um, I I know Marshall what you're talking Field. about. Okay. They had the most beautiful Christmas windows. Anyway, that's that's the things we need to remember at this time of year. The good stuff. <laughs> the good time. It's the most yeah, wonderful really... time of the year. <laughs> Sorry. And they never really happened. I was just thinking about a car that I I got, and it was the best Christmas present ever. But it was partly because it came with a whole lot of drama. Uh-huh. It, it was called a Johnny Johnny Speed. Uh huh. And if you can if you can imagine, it was a remote control car, but it required. It didn't. It required a huge battery, like a lantern battery. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I think so I remember those 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 pooping. those remote control cars with the gigantic lantern batteries. Yeah. So anyway, and and it had a wire on it too, so you had to you had to chase it around. You know, you you drove it with the remote control, but you chased it around while it was. You know, while it was driving, it was kind of fun if you were ten years old, you know. But when it came, my parents had forgotten it because it was sort of a big box, and mm-hmm. they stuck it up. In, they stuck it up in the attic, and this was an old-fashioned attic that required you had to um, have a, a ladder. So you had to carry a ladder up the stairs and put it, you know, against the against the cellar door or the attic door and open the big attic door. And they totally forgot that they had put this car up there when they bought it on sale a month before. And I was bawling by the end of opening presents on Christmas because that was the only thing I wanted. Hmm. So anyway, they realized what went wrong, and they went and got the car, but they had neglected to buy the right battery. Oi. Yes, Christmas Eve, you know, and of course on Christmas Day, there's nothing open. Right. But the whole family got in the car and drove to Walgreens, like 30 miles away. Nice. 
Yes, except they didn't have the right battery either. Oh, God. But they were the only store. They had a different kind of battery that was the same voltage, but it had no um, had no spring on it to to put into the um, remote control. Uh-huh. So my uncle cut a spring from a um, uh, ballpoint pen knife. Or, you uh-huh. know what I'm talking about, the kind that right. you press on the end and it opens and closes. Right. And put that on the screw-type um, battery and finally got my stinking car working sometime on Christmas nice. afternoon. And by that time, it was kind of a letdown because the, the car didn't go that fast. It might have gone three or four miles an hour. <laughs> Well, you know, at least you, at least you got your I car really working and had you. fun, right? And I appreciate the way you take care of animals. Yeah. Oh, like on my Facebook it was page. Fun enough. The drama was more fun than the actual driving the car because you had to stay indoors when it's freezing outside. Right. So you you couldn't make you had to just drive the car around the. Uh, ended up in the basement, driving the car around in the basement. It wasn't that much fun. After everybody looked for five minutes, they got bored and went back upstairs. <laughs> fun. All right. Well, let me let you go, Wes. I'm gonna, I want to play this video about the one more thing about the Brittany Watts thing, and then I want to move on to a couple other things. But you have a good one, man. Okay. But don't let anybody pick on you. I won't. Fight back, bud. I do, but sometimes I like to I like to give them enough rope to hang themselves. <laughs> you gotta be scrappier. All right, man. Have a good night. Okay, love you, buddy. Love you too, man. Bye. All right. So let's go ahead and let's pull this thing up real quick. Um let's pull this video up. We have to add to finish let's see I'm trying to get to the point where trying to find it this person is I don't know this person is actually pausing and stopping and pausing and stopping let's let's go to the other one first before we get to the uh Maybe this one will be the the full one. Let's see. All right, here we go. Let's just go ahead and we're going to put on this newscast or whatever, and we'll we'll see what we'll see what they have to say. See if they play the whole thing or not. And see, that's the thing here. Like, there are more people who, this is your job as a judge. You are either hired or elected or whatever or appointed 
to make these decisions. That's what, that's part of your job is to make these decisions. And yet you're going to punt the expert next to you literally told you that it's not, it wasn't going to be viable, that that, that nothing was going to be viable. But again, this is again. and, And of course the state is going to be like, well, we don't like how she dealt with the corpse after the fact, like, come on, like, this person, you're expecting this person who was wanting a child to deal with what happened in a, in a normal, calm and rational way. Give me a freaking break, dude. Like you can't be serious. Like, and again, like this is yeah, passing the buck as Mike says in the chat, passing the buck. And like Mike says, here we go with cruelty to the women. Exactly. This is, this is about, this is about, a society that wants to control what women do. And since, since they already, he probably, this, this prosecutor is probably conservative knows that the state is going to be losing. Cause at that point, the polling data already showed that they were probably going to be losing on issue one, that they were going to, that the right to a, an abortion was going to be enshrined into the Ohio constitution. And we already saw in the summer that the citizens of Ohio said, no, we're not going to allow you to raise the threshold to 60% to get a constitutional amendment passed uh, because we don't want you to make it harder for us to pass the constitutional amendment in the fall. So we're going to say no on this thing so we can say yes later. So they already knew that they had the votes to do to, to fight them in the summer. They had the votes. They already knew that the polling data was showing that the votes existed for the fall. <coughs> So what are they going to do now? They're going to, they've already had a law in place that was already punished this woman, already put this woman at risk because she couldn't get the help that she needed and the care that she needed under the Ohio laws. Why? Because the Ohio laws are, are I'm, I'm 90% sure that those laws are written exactly the same way as the Louisiana and Texas laws and all the other laws that are written in such a way. Uh, to uh, prevent people from getting the help that they need. And, yeah, Bicycle Mike, judge will want to get reelected. I'm sure the judge was probably, uh, I'm sure the judge was probably an elected judge and, and maybe is from a conservative district and as such didn't, didn't want to make a controversial ruling and as such punted it on to the next person for them to have to deal with it. And I'm sure it'll go before a jury. Uh, hopefully the jury will say, you know, you're stupid. This is stupid. But this whole thing is stupid. Like the person who's the DA who's bringing this case should be disbarred for bringing this stupidity of a case. There's no reason why this case should have ever come up. Cruelty to a freaking corpse. Punt the damn thing. Like, come on. It's ridiculous. Let's bring up. I want. Oh, I wanted to bring up something else first before I actually went. Um, this gem right here. Let's pull these comments up on this video, right? Chia.
Where is it? 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 Where is the great comment? Let's see. Newest comments first. Need to find this other one first. Do, 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 do. Oh, the lovely. There's there's another one that's... uh. I missed that one. We're going to report that one. Uh, we're going to call it harassment or bullying. Uh, harassing me. Report. Um, hide user on my channel. Oh, Lord. Let's see. All right. So we can, uh, let's go back to the alternate. Uh, so this is on from what I did last week. Um, oh, look, there's my liberal Dan is live right now with 17 watching. He must be awesome. Anyway, so I did this unraveling toxic masculinity. Uh, Fresh and fit Myron doesn't understand he created his own problem. So I recorded it as I was doing the live reaction. And then after the show, I went ahead and uploaded uh, the video so that, um, so that, uh, actually has 338 views, which is not actually, which is actually pretty good for one of my videos, which again, why do I make unraveling? Why do I make these videos? Because it gets lots, it gets more views than the other view, other videos. That's why, that's one of the reasons why I make these videos. Anyway, so I had a bunch of comments on this video, the unraveling toxic masculinity, uh, fresh and fit Myron. And so I have a bunch of comments. So I figured I would use as an opportunity to respond to some of those videos, some of those comments. I mean, um, why is it that when we dismantle toxic masculinity, this user writes, we end up alleviating all women from personal accountability. Uh, clearly that's not what I did. The irony is that you think he doesn't understand and will be used and will use out of context, will used out of context clips to support your claim. Yet every episode of the podcast, the same questions are said to women and the women always give the same answers. Um, how did he use out of context comments? When I looked at the entire clip, I didn't pick and choose. Of course, you know, she, he claims everything is cherry picked to fit my narrative, but I use the entire clip. Um, I'm Captain Save a Ho, apparently. Um, simping like that, of course, I, in my initial video, I predicted that I was going to be called a simp, a beta, a cuck, all this other stuff. So I predicted everything out. Um, toxic masculinity is based on the subjective views of women who project misandry. They don't want equality. They want entitlement and subjugation. This is somebody who has taken the Myron pill and swallowed it all down. Or something else from Myron. He swallowed it all down. Anyway, I don't know what. Well, maybe we all do know what, but uh, um, this person uh, from Ari Cloak456 says, I had hopes for this video because I'm getting fed up with these women are the problem, women are the victim videos. It was disappointingly typical cliche talking points from the left. You need to do more serious thinking on the issue. Both sexes are at fault. I, I'm not saying that there are not women at fault for some issues. I'm just saying that when it comes to this particular issue that was being talked about, he's trying to put all of the blame on women. When in reality, it's the fact that dudes are sluts. Like, like for example, 
They complain that women control the economy of sex. Well, it's no. The only reason why women control the economy of sex is because men throw themselves at women all the time. So therefore, they don't give women the option to throw themselves at men. Because 95% of the time or more, it's men throwing themselves at women. So therefore, it's, those, it's women who have to say yes or no. So you're giving, you're ceding the control to them. If you stop ceding control to them and instead, you know, held yourself back a bit, showed a little bit of restraint, you might, you know, not see this problem that you've created yourself. Um, and as again, I said, I do a podcast Monday, Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Central. When I open calls up, I you and Don talk about a specific subject. Feel free to call in. It's live here, so we'll see. This person, this dude's blood type is ragu. No women is dating this blob. Uh, that would be no women are dating this blob, not no women is. Learn better English. Uh, thank you for helping the algorithms. And I prefer homemade pasta sauce. Thank you very much. So men have to ask for sex. Women are the ones to control the gateway. If men enter the gateway without permission, it's called rapes. And women absolutely control sex. Luckily, there are women who offer free access to the gateway. Again, totally missed my point. Totally missed the point. The point is that men are asking for sex because they're the ones consistently asking, asking for sex, throwing themselves. They're just throwing, like swipe, 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 swipe on Tinder, just constantly like ask, using the shotgun approach at, at bars. Hey, you want to fuck? 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 Trying to fuck everything that moves until someone finally says, okay. <clears throat> so no, completely missed the entire point. Is this the beta pill space? Again, I'm a beta because apparently I respect women. Um, you just radiate your biased ignorance, just like fresh and fit. Your labeling and virtue signaling is disgusting, though. You are in no way better than they are, just more toxic to humanity than they are. But how? Um... You tried disagreeing that women control access to sex, but went on to explain that they control access to sex. Now, I explained why it's the case, and it's because men created the problem. Let's see. Here's my favorite comment. How could it be that women never been accountable for any problem and men always? Uh, I will address this point on the show tonight. I'll also address the bad English. But, you know, um, yeah. It's not that women are never accountable for their own issues. It's just the fact that, and it's not that men are always accountable. It's just the fact that if men create the problem and then complain about it, I'm going to call them out on it. And in this particular circumstance, it's men creating the problem because they're constantly throwing themselves at women and then complaining that women are the ones who are denying them access. Hold yourself back a bit. Don't seem so desperate to F everything that moves under the sun. If you don't try and F everything moves under the sun, you know, you might not seem so desperate. And then you might actually seem like, you know, somebody who's more desirable because they might then think to themselves, hmm, maybe this, what is this person's deal? Why aren't they chasing me? Maybe there's something interesting about them. Why are they not? Most people pay attention to me. This person's not paying attention to me. Maybe there's a reason for that. Maybe I need to find out more why. Who knows? 
Now, I'm not saying to, like, you know, go the next step like, you know, the pickup artist trash will do and, like, you know, start negging them. Not saying that at all. Trust me. Because that's like the – that's like, you know, pickup artist crap where you, like, you know, you ignore them and then you neg them and then you you do all the crap and you treat them like garbage and then hope that they just, you know, oh, he's so wonderful. No, that's stupid. But, no. My point is, is that if you're if men are constantly offering them stuff, if they're supplying it, the common phrase on like a lot of the Facebook groups that I'm in is that dick is abundant and low value. And the reason it's low value is because it's abundant, because men make it abundant. If you didn't make it abundant, if you didn't make it like, you know, it was easily available, then perhaps the whole sexual economy might be completely different, but it's not because y'all insist on trying to hump everything that moves. Bunch of sluts. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see, wow, I disagree with you at every point. Good luck with your channel. Out. Uh, again, thanks for helping with my algorithms. Um, Exactly. I did pop out on my feed. Watch for two minutes before hitting the dislike button. Dude has to stop simping miserably at some point and bring us some practical arguments. How do you know I didn't bring in any practical arguments if you only watched for two minutes? I mean, two minutes is probably all you bring in the bedroom as well, if that. So it is what it is. So <laughs> anyway. So that's it. What do you think about my responses to the responses? Agree, disagree, leave your comments below, even if you dislike it, because then, you know, you're only helping the algorithms. Thank you very much. Have a good day. Anywho. <laughs> that's that fun. Uh, hey, Marie, what's going on? Let's see, what else is in my, I have a bunch of weird stuff in my, in my suggested stuff. Um... I've got like reaction videos, I've got HBO, I've got whatever, I've got, I don't know what else I had in here. I don't know why it suggests the things that it suggests. Sometimes it suggests other strange things too. Like, I don't know why it started suggesting like the Pearl and the whatever and the, and the, and the, and the fresh and fit dudes because, well, you know, I wasn't actively searching for those things either, but I got them. I know why I get some of these stuff because some of the things that I get is, uh, is, uh, whatchamacallit. Um, some of the stuff that I get is, uh, you know, because I like to watch reaction videos, but yeah, that's why I got the Natalie gold thing in my, in my, uh, in my thing, because I think I watched Natalie gold. One of the things I like watching is people's reaction videos to Tropic Thunder. Because one of the best things is, is seeing in Tropic Thunder when they realize, when, when somebody doesn't realize that uh, Sergeant Lincoln Osiris is Robert Downey Jr. And they're like, what? And they finally realize that it's Robert Downey Jr. And they realize that he's, doing that and they get shook that's fun and then it's also fun when people realize wh uh, who who the uh, studio executive is it, it, you know 
spoiler alert, I mean, maybe I won't say it because if you haven't seen it, who hasn't seen Tropic Thunder yet in the ground? I know Nimbus Yosh hasn't seen Tropic Thunder yet, and I, I really want to do a live reaction video with him, and he's kind of fighting that, but eventually I want to do something where I watch it live with him, regardless of whether or not it's live recorded or not. But I really want to, I really, I really want to do a, a, a thing where I record me and Yosh watching Tropic Thunder together so we can, uh, so I can get his reactions on it. Cause that's amazing. Reaction videos to Tropic Thunder are amazing. But one of the other things that, wait, tonight's episode, gynecology for rednecks. You haven't seen Tropic Thunder either? Oh, my God. It's so epic. It's so awesome. You've never seen it either? Oh, my God. I'm wondering if I should do figure out a way to do a live stream somewhere where I live stream it with everybody and get, like, everybody's reaction. I don't know how I would accomplish that without violating you because I couldn't do it live on YouTube. But I have, so I'd have to do it live somewhere else but where, where I can't get a copyright strike. And then we could all watch it together, like, maybe we'd have to, this is what we would have to do. I'd have to figure out a way to do it, like, to get, like, to, to do it, like, on a, on a Zoom or something and have everybody watch it on a Zoom and have us all watch together on Zoom. I think that's the way it would have to be done, to have everybody watch on Zoom and then record it and then get everybody's reactions. And then we can, like, pause on really funny parts or whatever. I think that would be what we have to do. And then I could potentially upload it. Maybe I put it on Nerdy Dan instead of Liberal Dan. We put it on nerdydan.com. So, but there's a part in the movie that I think it was in the trailer People sometimes people reverse the picture, but but see, even then, like if you get too much of the audio, you can get flagged. But what what people will do is is they'll record themselves watching it, and then they'll chop up the video into parts and be like, okay, here's this part, here's this, and they'll put like ten minutes of the watch in the video, so it's so it's only a ten minute video. Um, hey, Lashondo, good to see you. Um, absolutely. I will let you know if you haven't seen Tropic Thunder and we do a we do a live watching, even if if we do it live here or if we do it in person, I will definitely let you know if you haven't seen it because that is such a good movie. Oh my god! But there's like part of this movie, there's part of the movie, and since so many people haven't seen it yet, and I want y'all to do, I want to do it with y'all if possible, and maybe I'll do it twice. Maybe I'll do one for the people in New Orleans and I'll do one for the people. Um, Online, and maybe I'll do two separate things. One of the things I was trying to do for Nimbus Yosh was I was going to um, try and see because sometimes you can rent a movie theater out. So if they're showing a movie, if they're showing a movie, you could rent a movie theater out for like two hundred bucks or something, and, and get the entire movie theater for two hundred bucks or something like that, or maybe a little more. And so I was going to just do that for like Nimbus, Nimbus Yosha's birthday. I was going to like get everybody together 
And, you know, anybody who wanted to come, we'd just rent out the theater and, and just watch the whole thing in the theater. And it would have been awesome. And that was my plan. Unfortunately, again, as I said, the, I thought you could do any movie with this. Here's the thing. It's only like 200 bucks if it's a movie they currently have right now. If it's a movie that they have to go get or whatever, if it's not one that they're currently showing, you have to pay extra money for that. So that's why it would have cost like 800 bucks. So I was like, I don't love Nimbus Yosh that much. <laughs> or I don't have the money to love Nimbus Yosh that much. I guess that's the better way to put it. I would love if I had if I was independently wealthy. Absolutely, I would I would make it rain, <laughs> and we would have a big theater full of people watching Tropic Thunder. But unfortunately, we don't. Um, there's also some issues of um, I don't think this this computer does not have a DVR drive, so I'd have to figure out a way to get the picture onto the screen and onto some sort of screen and then get it onto, get it onto a zoom call or whatever, and then have it be available and then get everybody else on a zoom call as well. So, um, yeah, so it'll, we'll, we'll work out something. I'm more concerned about getting the numbers of the podcast or getting the views up to, uh, getting getting the 3,000 hours of views. So go into that for a second. This is to show the numbers and see show show all of y'all how how good y'all are doing with that um, because some of y'all have been doing really good uh, helping out and I can tell. Um, so if we look at our analytics, that's not the analytics button. Let's go to earn. So in order to in order to start the earning journey on YouTube, it used to be four thousand used to be down here. You used to have to get a thousand subscribers and you had to have four thousand public watch hours in the last three hundred and sixty five days. That's what it used to be. But thanks again to Jolie, uh, who uh who let me know about the thing. Um now you only need 500 to be able to get like memberships and super chats and shopping. You can do all three. So membership, super chats and shopping. Um, you, uh, you only need 500. We have 761. So we're almost to a thousand. You need three video uploads in the last 90 days. Well, clearly I do that. I do that plenty. Um, and then you need 3000 watch hours in the last 365 days. Now, when Jolie first let me know about this, I was at like 2663 or something like that. And again, as, 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 as the 365 progresses, you gain a day, you lose a day. So you gain a day's worth of watches, but you lose a day's worth of watches. So like this counts. We'll have a bunch of our watches jump up today. So today we'll jump up in views. <laughs> but whatever day we lost... We lost a day, so we lose those views from that day. So in order to play catch up and get to 3,000, we need to make up that difference. So how do we do that? We do that by just at the end of the day, if you're able to do so, if you, if, if, if you have unlimited data or, or it's not going to hurt you data-wise, I don't want anybody spending any extra money they don't have on, on data to do this, but 
all you got to do is it can't be on mute and it, it just don't, don't bother doing it with a playlist apparently because it's only the first video that counts i think according to at least one page or whatever just at the before you go to bed find your make sure you're logged in find yourself one of my long videos there are plenty of long videos so if we go to your channel go to go to go to the lives if you go to the live tab um let's see this one's live right now this last week three hours and five minutes three hours and five minutes um three hours and nine minutes three hours and five minutes wow i've been three hours and 31 minutes three hours and three minutes three hours and nine minutes three hours and nine minutes three hours and 54 minutes wow that one went long four hours Review of the student loans. I think this is one I watched previously. So review of the ruling of student loans. Um, so that's a good one to throw on if you want to help the algorithms. Um, let's just share that one for everybody so you can put it if, if you want. If you want to, if you want an assignment to do for a video, I'll forgive you, Jeff, for cursing. What the hell was that? Uh, share. Copy, paste. That's better. I was like sharing ones and zeros. So that's that video. Um, that's four hours long. I think I have other videos that are four hours long as well. Um, this one's three hours and nine minutes. Uh, another three hours and nine minutes. Don't want to keep beating the dead horse, but you get my point. There, there are plenty of long videos, four hours and six minutes, my prime time, January 6th hearing, live reaction. So there is another one that you could watch if you wanted to just to have on in the background. Um, there's also one that – let's see if I can find the one that should be watched by everybody regardless of whether or not it's on the background or not if you haven't seen um if you haven't seen it yet it's either fat or i need to find it by fat or obese let's see fat man rants is going to bring up fat man rants fat man rants fat man rants fat man rants lots of fat man rants living as a fat person there you go this one's only three hours but this one, this one is one that I would share with everybody regardless, because this is the, one of the ones where I talk about, like, if you have people, um, Marie, you can't do this, you don't live alone. Even if you don't live alone, I mean, you can have it on low volume, just don't put it on mute. Um, you get my point, more Santos jokes. <laughs> I appreciate you, Steve. Um, but that last one I shared, the, the, the living as a fat person, uh, from, wow, over two years ago now, um, that was, that was one that, you know, I think it's, it's probably one of my best episodes of the podcast. That's just, that's just one that I think just should be shared far and wide because it just really gets into life as me and maybe kind of discusses issues that people deal with. Um, when you're obese that other people might not even think about. Um, and the only, re only thing that I purposely left out of this video that I did talk about later, I did talk about how there's 
Um, there's a strong correlation between uh, people who were abused as children, people who are morbidly obese, like you're twice as likely to be morbidly obese if you were uh, abused as a child than if you're not. Uh, and there are studies that show that I learned about that when I was working for Louisiana Public Health Institute. Um, I was still a software, just a software developer, but every every week or so, we would have an all-employee meeting, and like one of the employees would just say, this is what I'm working on this week or whatever. And um, what I didn't include um, in the video on that one, because I wasn't ready to be public about it yet, it was the fact that um, – you know, I was also abused as a kid, which helped explain why I'm morbidly obese. Um, and, uh, and one of the reasons I never talked about it is because I was afraid that if I ever admitted that, for those of you who haven't heard this part yet, um, I was afraid that if I ever admitted that, that people would assume because there is this idea that if you... Um, if, if you were once abused as a, as a kid, that you would then soon grow up one day and, and become an abuser yourself. And I was afraid that people would think that of me, even though, you know, I would, I would never. And uh, it turns out that that's not true. It turns out that the only, <clears throat> the only people who do that or say that is oftentimes um, people who are, um, accused of molestation will lie and say that they were molested as kids to try and get sympathy. And in reality, when like put under a lie detector test, it shows that they actually weren't molested as kids. They're just lying about it to try and get sympathy. And there's no evidence to show that uh, people who are child abusers uh, were, are any more or less likely to have been molested as kids as anybody else in the general population. So, and once I found that out by doing some more research, uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, since that's the case, now that I have this little tidbit of information that I can now share with people, I now feel more comfortable sharing information about why, maybe why that nugget about the correlation between morbid obesity and abuse, um, I can now share more personal information about that. And once I started doing that, I had a lot more people coming to me and thanking me about sharing about my life experiences because they could identify with it. They could feel like, you know, I was saying things for them that they didn't feel yet comfortable saying. And um, when that happens, when things like that happen, it, 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 it makes me feel like I'm doing something positive with my show. Regardless of listenership, regardless of money that I'm making or not making, regardless of how many people I get to reach on any given day on any given week or whatever, regardless of all the things that I'd like to have happen with the show. When somebody says, thank you for saying this, thank you for speaking up. Um, it, 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 it makes it all worthwhile, even if it's just one. So, um, anyway, there's that. <clears throat> Oh, Steve said, try getting in touch with Kevin Smith. He has a theater in New Jersey, and he'd be happy to help. Actually, my cousin in um, my cousin in California, my my aunt, my aunt and uncle and cousins uh, have a beautiful theater in their home in California that I could use, but then I have to get everybody there to go watch it. Um, their house is so so nice. 
they're so well off. It's so it's so pretty. Like, oh my god. Like they they're I mean, I don't begrudge them for their they they've done really well for themselves and we went and visited and it was like it was it was just amazing how like I just can't even imagine that that level of niceness. Like it was just incredible. And it was fun staying there. We we only stayed with them a couple of days. Like, like we stayed with them a couple of days, and then we stayed, um, and then we stayed. I think in uh, closer to Disneyland for a couple of days to make sure we were close enough so that we didn't have to. So we could just basically um, take a take a lift or an Uber back and forth to Disneyland every day, so that we didn't have to worry about you know paying for parking and stuff like that. So. Um, and we stayed at like, I got some ridiculous deal. Like it was one of those things where like, I remember I did an MLM show a while back and there was this one rideshare company that was launching as an MLM and it sounded, it didn't go, it, it got bought out by some other company that was like totally a scam. And like, I totally did not want to touch it with a 10 foot pole, but in doing so they lost one of the bits, it was like this discount value card or whatever that was like maybe five, ten bucks a month that you buy and you go with discounts on all sorts of things or whatever. And let me tell you, this thing was amazing. I like, if I don't know if you ever heard of the Great Wolf Lodge, like I saved 1500 bucks on the reservation at the Great Wolf Lodge by using this reservation card. And I saved, like, I, I bought my Disneyland tickets on this card, using this card. It was more money. I saved more money than I would have buying the, buying the, um, buying them at Target. Like, it was ridiculous. I think I saved, like, almost, I think, two grand on this vacation than I would have otherwise. It was absurd. And I was so upset when I lost, but when that, when I lost that, access to that card it was so i was so sad because i like saving money especially when i'm doing things that cost a lot of money <laughs> be able to save money when when doing things that cost money is you know a nice thing to do then you can do more of the nice things anywho um i was almost at three hours geez oh two hours and 45 minutes I do want to talk about one more thing i think before we end the show um We've been talking a lot on the show about uh, the is- Israel versus Hamas uh, and some of the uh, anti-Semitism that's been going on and some of the anti-Muslim, uh, uh, Islamophobic stuff that's been going on. And I wanted to today talk about what the some of the protests that are going on in support of a free Palestine. And... Um, and I get, I've stated on this show several times that I support a free and independent Palestine, just as I support a free and independent Israel. I support a two-state solution. I don't think a single-state solution is workable. I just don't see how it, it is all feasible. I'm open to arguments to the contrary, but I don't see how it is currently a feasible thing to do. But, you know, and I'm fine. You know, protests shouldn't make people, <clears throat> shouldn't make people necessarily comfortable. Like, if you're going to camp out in front of a, of a McDonald's or if you're going to camp out in front of 
other, you know, businesses that might do business in Israel or whatever and, and just say, you know, hey, we want to free Palestine. That's fine. I have no problem with that. What I do have a problem with is targeting of specific restaurants, especially if those restaurants are owned by Jews, Israeli Jews or otherwise, because there is one restaurant, uh, I think it was in Pennsylvania, um, old, I think it was called Goldie or whatever, um, and he, they were outside and they were saying, like, I think, like, Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide or something like that. Like, not, not, not saying, not saying, like, Israel, Israel, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide. <coughs> saying, specifically, the owner of the restaurant, they're charging the owner of the restaurant with genocide. Like, the other the restaurant has nothing to do with the policies of Israel. He's a, a James Beard award-winning chef. Yes, he happens to be Jewish and he happens to be Israeli. And like when I think it was like Ali Velshi on MSNBC went over to try and report on on the issues. I think he, Ali Velshi got uh, a message from this restaurateur who said, "What can I do to help?" What can I do to help you? Because this individual is, is not opposed to peace. It's, it's, it's this individual is somebody who is supportive of peace and wants peace. But these pro-Palestinian protesters jumped the shark and went out and started shouting about, you know, how they're charging this restaurateur with genocide. And it's ridiculous. And I don't want to link to any of, don't want to see those Here we go. Here's here's the news. Let's let's play the one, and I'll edit the, I'll edit some of this out. We're going to go and so here's here's the report from MSNBC. And there you go. So, again, I had to write, it was Goldie, Goldie, you can't hide. We charge you with genocide, even though, what was he doing? What was he doing? Like, he's just a restaurateur. He was raised in America, raised in Pittsburgh. But yet, these people felt like it was perfectly okay to just go out there and boycott and, and, and protest against Jewish 
Israeli restaurateurs because of what's going on in Israel. Now, one of the things that was shown in that picture um, was something like, you know, saying that he was maybe culturally appropriating uh, Palestinian food by serving hummus and, and, and tahini, whatever. And, you know, you, we can have the conversation as to whether or not Israeli food is culturally appropriating Palestinian food. You know, maybe we could have that conversation, but let's not bring that conversation into the conversation about whether or not uh, this person is committing genocide simply by owning an American restaurant. That's anti-Semitism. No matter how you spell it, no matter how you say it, no matter how you see it, these people were attacking this person with words, with, with a protest, with a targeted boycott, simply because he's Jewish. And that is anti-Semitism without any doubts. And agree or disagree, you're free to comment below, but I'm, I, you're going to have a hard time convincing me otherwise because I can't see any other way of it being anything other than anti-Semitic. Anyway, I think this is Khalil. Hello. Hello. Hey, Khalil, hey, what's going on? Good, how are you? Nothing, Mom. As good as it can uh, be, considering the fact to... that there's a whole bunch of anti-Semitism in this country and it's not stopping, but go on. I'm going to the, cap- the state capitol in January. Okay. Going to, what are you going to do? It's going to be about gun violence. Okay. And um, basically, I'm hoping I can read my poem. Hoping I can read a good poem because basically, I don't know if I told you this, but it's about practicing what you preach. Uh huh. It's about you know seeing before these gun rights, gun rights activists see other people's hypocrisy. They need to see their own, mm-hmm. and before they um, and um, before they uh, want to disarm police from demilitarizing, they need to see their own stuff beforehand. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm hoping it'll make the news that way. I can you can see it, right? But, yeah. Also, do you, you want to give uh, Do you want to give our listeners a, a sample of it first, or you wait? Are you wanting to give it read it there first? Read it there first. All right, that's fair enough. <laughs> also, also um, with um, since I'm going to the state capitol, would there be state police and federal police there? Because I'm going to the capitol building. I don't know if there would be federal police since it's a state capital. There would probably only be state police, maybe local police if it's since it's at if it's a state capital, it's very well possibly be maybe state and local police, but probably not federal police. All right. The only reason I was asking is because um we they, we have some federal buildings in that town. Uh huh. And uh, it's going to be from people from all over the area too. That's coming. The federal police are probably going to be situated around maybe the federal building itself. The only time you might see like federal law enforcement there is if there would be any particular threat, but you may very well not see them. They may probably just be like lurking, you know, on, on, you know, in, in, you know, plain clothes maybe or whatever. They're probably not going to be visibly seen as feds. Uh, That would be my guess is that if, if, if there are any, mention of like 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 any domestic terrorist threats or whatever 
like maybe they would be show up and they would be there, but you wouldn't necessarily know that they were there. So that would that would be my yeah. guess. Yeah, because also I was told that that when they had the insurrectionists, that they had the not not um, the conspiracy thing, but they had the FBI um, was one of the agents that pulled the gun on the Senate floor. That's what I was told. Huh. huh. I don't know. I that mean, was the U.S. Capitol. Yeah, I mean, at the U.S. Capitol, you did have some of the Capitol Police that did have the. It's possible that it might have been. I mean, I think like I don't. I think the Capitol Police are still city police and not federal. I'm not exactly sure how that particularly works. I think it still counts as a municipality and not federal law enforcement because it's D.C. itself. But that a state capital, it would still probably still be it would it would probably still be state and and local law enforcement handling the any security that would be there for a protest. But uh, and what what is that? What what when's that when's that protest scheduled to happen? January 11, 2024. All right. Well, if you if you happen to get there and you see yourself on the news, you know, Liberal Day and Radio at Gmail, make sure to email me and let me know. So show me the clip so we can show you on, up on the we can show you up on the podcast. Thank you. Cool. Anything else? Because I'm about to end, but I did want to give you a, a chance to chat before we did end the show. Uh, do you know um you know about Meetup, right? Yeah. Yeah, they have they have um they have some political um political clubs and all that stuff and meetups and professional clubs. Mm-hmm. They have different ones. So like maybe if you, um, if you're in your, um, maybe if in, in a man in um, your town, maybe you might have one of those. I think there's, I haven't is. looked, I haven't looked at meetup in a long time. I think a lot of the people that I know are either using Facebook or some other mechanism to, to handle the, the, uh, to handle that. But you know, I mean, there are I'm th- there are probably still people who are using using Meetup as well. Um, anywho, well, again, as always, thank you for calling in, Khalil. Appreciate you as always. You're you're good people, and I'm glad to uh, glad to have you call in regularly. Uh, you know, have a good one, and I'll and hopefully you'll call in again Wednesday. All right, thank you. All right, have a good night. You too. All right, <clears throat> so. That is pretty much the end of this week. Again, as I was telling um, Aaron in the chat earlier, um, if you are somebody who might be inclined to watch a Nerdy Dan stream on Twitch, um, the Nerdy Dan stream on Twitch this week is going to be tomorrow, not Thursday. It may permanently switch to Tuesdays from Thursdays, uh, depending on how this Thursday goes. Um, Although next it will be it will be Tuesday next week too because next Thursday I'll be in Disney World again. Um, anyway, uh, but we we won't have a podcast next Wednesday either. But we will have one next Wednesday, Monday. So anyway, this is the end of today's episode of Liberal Dan Radio Talk from the Left. That's right. I will we'll be back this Wednesday at 8 p.m. Central uh, to discuss more political issues, and you're free to join us then if you want to join us on Twitch again. Tuesday, uh, 7 p.m., probably central, uh, on twitch.tv slash nerdydan.com. Also, please go to twitch.tv slash liberaldanradio if you want to help me grow that one because I want to get to 50. So when I start dual streaming, I can start with that one requirement immediately. Also, just remember, as always, just 
find one of those longer videos that I posted up there, put it on your, uh, put it in another room on low volume, not mute, but low volume, and just have it watched before you go to bed to help get those numbers up so I could hit 3,000 in the last 365 days. Till Wednesday, this is Dan Zimmerman with Liberal Dan Radio. Talk from the left. That's right. Camera's off. Yeah, well, it's, it's running the ending music, but my, my uh, whatchamacallit is 